evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, America. And welcome to another edition of The Sea Report, coming to you live on this Wednesday, January 10th, 2023. I'm your host, Mr. C, also known as Michael Aaron Gossetis, and I welcome you all to a brand new episode. And how is everyone doing today? I hope you guys are doing well. It is Wednesday. It is hump day. It is the middle of the week. And we are in the middle of it, ladies and gentlemen. Let me tell you what, and I'm glad that you all could join us this evening. Uh, got a full show ahead today. Most definitely a full show. We'll definitely fill the two hours tonight. I don't think that we'll do three tonight, ladies and gentlemen. We will not be doing three. Not like last night. Uh, for those of you who might have missed, and uh, for those of you who are accustomed to the 7.30 p.m., uh, 8.30 p.m., that's uh, Central and Eastern time zones, uh, start time for the Sea Report. Well, I must off offer my humble apologies. And I must absolutely encourage you to check out last night's episode. I think last night's episode was probably a smash episode. It's one of those smash through episodes. I feel like since 2023 got its start, that is all that it has been here at Mr. CTV. Uh, we are, of course, in our third season here at the Sea Report. And today we're celebrating our 450th anniversary. Just kidding. We're not that old, ladies and gentlemen, uh, but uh, we have had 450 episodes after this underneath the belt for the Sea Report. So that's kind of exciting. I mean, I don't typically, uh, you know, mark, you know, a semi midterm milestones like that. But, you know, some people enjoy that kind of a thing. So for all of those who have been on board with the Sea Report, the Sea Report from the beginning, and there are some of you guys out there. And I could not be more grateful to you all for hanging on, even though you guys have seen me at my best and my worst. Okay, <laughs> Thank you so much for being here with us. And thank you for including me in your New Year's, ladies and gentlemen, as we move forward into uh, the rest of, uh, well, whatever this year shall bring for us. And indeed, on our journey to restore this republic, it's been uh, it's been it's been quite the time, ladies and gentlemen. I think we can all agree with that. But anyways, I don't want to get too long winded on the formalities. I do have a couple of things at the head of the episode. First of all, in regards to last night, uh, we were on the air. What time did we start? I think I started about um, central time. Okay, we'll do it Eastern time. Most people can relate to that. I can't relate to Pacific time, so I'm not even going to go there, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but most people can relate to the East. Yeah, but we started about, I guess, about 11... 50. <laughs> no, maybe it was 10.50. No, I think it was about 11.45 Eastern time last night. We did a late night show, you know, and I thought, well, we have people across this nation that might just be rising for work. And uh, you definitely, we have international viewers. So I figured, yeah, doing a sea report this late at night wouldn't be such a bad thing. Plus, I promised you guys the day before that I would be there. Uh, but uh, in case you had missed yesterday's episode and you missed this afternoon's episode of Lone Star State News, uh, then you know I was on the road and I was down in Austin, Texas. Uh, that's my state capital, uh, because, uh, well, there were some proceedings and some things that I wanted to do down while I was, uh, in, well, I mean, that's the whole reason why I went basically. But anyways, guys, busy week for me this week. Uh, we talked all about it this uh, afternoon. In fact, that was that was the uh, that was basically the majority of the show, super majority of the show. I we, I was talking about my experience at the Capitol and uh, trying to make it relatable uh, to the wider audience, particularly in regards to the House Speaker. I mean, the House Speaker has been the topic to talk about, gentlemen, and fortunately. 
Uh, that's provided an inroad for me to siphon some of that discussion into the topic of your own house speaker in your own backyard, in your own respective state in this union. To ask the question, well, how is your house speaker? We know how McCarthy's doing. You know, we know, uh, well, we know all the drama that's going on over there, right? And we know that uh, 20 representatives in the house on Capitol Hill are now being endeared to many. And I'm not saying that that's wrong, ladies and gentlemen. In fact, I think that we should absolutely um, bolster those who have the guts to stand up for what their constituents want and also their conscience. I would say, with maybe the exception of one of those 20, you know, the one that was with Explore Talent, I forget her name. Anyways, uh, I would say, you know, uh, I would say they, all of them were probably voting their conscience on that, right? And, and the amount of concessions that came out of that, I think, uh, should not be um, should not be ignored. They should be acknowledged, you know, because it, it just goes to show when you put up the hard fight, ladies and gentlemen, that uh, changes can be made. It's definitely a lot more than what I could say about the Texas State House, ladies and gentlemen, about the house on the hill in Austin, right? Uh, because those guys totally sold out our nation at the state level. Uh, and they totally put in office someone that will continue to uh, continue the practice of putting Democrats in charge, even though the Republicans have the majority in the House and control all three branches of government. And when I say the House, I mean the upper and the lower chamber, ladies and gentlemen. So, you know, it really does fly in the face of reason, logic and uh, trust and credibility for um, the Texas representatives to have made such a move, you know, but uh, in an even more stunning upset. And you know what? Trust me, ladies and gentlemen, we're not that upset that we've lost our senses or sense of coherency or civility. Uh, but, you know, tomorrow in, in Austin, Texas, for example, at the Capitol, uh, was going to be a debate on House rules, two House rules in particular, dealing with committee chairmanships and the practice that Dade Phelan has played checkers with in, or sorry, not checkers, chess. Oh, he's been playing Chinese checkers, but playing chess with in order to maintain his power, okay? You know, make no make no mistake, guys, I could care less about the power, the titles, and the offices. You know what I mean? So uh, when someone starts talking to me in this jargon, well, you gotta play chess in order to maintain power. I don't know what the heck. My eyes just like roll back of their head and I lose interest. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, why are you here then? You know, <laughs> Anyways, guys, so, you know, in a, in a startling upset, I mean, you know, it's like I kept saying, and I've been saying it, ladies and gentlemen, since the topic of Dade Phelan has come up, and Dade Phelan being the rhino speaker of the House here in Texas, but since the topic of Dade Phelan has come up, since it has arisen, you know, and, and even though all of the Republican traitors in the Texas House are feeling the feeling, you know, the grassroots and the voters of Texas are definitely not. You know, they are definitely not. They want him gone. So tomorrow we are supposed to have um, a uh, proceedings regarding the House rules. 
uh, too specific because they adopted the House rules from the last session with exception to two specific rules. Uh, and we had grassroots activists who have been organizing to go down to the Capitol tomorrow. Uh, and they've put their money, their heart, their time, their effort, and their attention and their lives into this. Because I'm pretty sure not all of them have tomorrow off. It is a Thursday. I'm sure some of them had to make arrangements to come down. A lot of us had to spend money, myself included. And uh, that was just to get to Austin in order to make an impact. Well, Dade Thielen, probably feeling the heat. You know, probably Thielen said, okay, guys, here's the deal. We've got hundreds of Texas grassroots voters coming into Austin on Thursday, and you guys just put me to, into office on Tuesday, so I'll make you a deal. Just to make it easy for you, we'll move the House rules vote to Wednesday instead of Thursday, because Lord knows you're not going to be able to book a coach bus on Wednesday at, within 24 hours of the date and the change that Phelan made for this event. So anyways, needless to say, yeah, Phelan kind of uh, opened up a doorway for himself. You know, it'll be interesting to see how many of the coach buses still arrive at the Capitol. And with nothing else to do other than bark down the doors. Did I say break down or bark down the doors of their betraying their traitor representatives, their traitor Republican representatives to give them a piece of their mind? I can see why maybe Phelan told him, look, I'll take care of it. We'll move it so this way on Thursday, you don't have to be here because there are hundreds of them coming. I wonder if Phelan's going to be able to do that for the rest of the legislative session because there are about 13 to 15 more trips already planned in case you didn't know. Texas. So anyways, guys, quite an interesting situation here, ladies and gentlemen, quite an interesting situation. But, you know, I'll let you guys know how that goes. Um, if anything, Phelan might have cleared the hallways for us people who will still be there. Um, but uh, hey, maybe I want to talk to the staffers instead. Actually, you know what? That would be a great point to talk to the staffers. All of them, as many of them as I can talk to, you know, I'm taking an Amtrak up to uh, Austin tomorrow. I was like, I don't got 30 bucks to throw around at taking trips to Austin. And since Phelan just kind of took the, the wheels out of this trip. Or did he? He might have just slid the he might have just greased the tracks for me, actually, is what I'm kind of thinking. But yeah, I'll I'll try and keep up with you guys tomorrow. Uh, it's like I said during Lone Star State News uh earlier today. When I was there on Tuesday, I was not there to put on a show. That's why we did not have live streams. I was not coming to you guys live about it. But it seems to me like Phelan wants a show. No promises. Hey, Relanon, what is going on? Relanon says, snakes and ladders. I like that, Relanon. You, my friend, you, my friend, might have just made a shirt. <laughs> you were talking about, we were talking about, oh, stop it with this chess and checkers cliche, right? It's so old, you know? And I was like, okay, how about battleship and shoots and ladders or, I don't know, Candyland, snakes and ladders. That's much more succinct than uh, battleship and uh, shoots and ladders. I like it. Mind if I borrow that one, Railanon? Anyhow, <laughs> welcome into the show, sir. It's good to see you. Good to see you. Actually, you know what? Since you are in the chat, let me, let's go ahead and set this up right now. I didn't even check to see if this was ready to go. Uh, Cause like I said, got it, got a full show ahead today. 
Whoa, what is this? Okay. What are we doing here? I see Donald J. Trump. You guys know we're going to have some Trump truths tonight. You know, President Trump released a very good video tonight and, uh, or I should say earlier, released a very good video. And how can I adjust this? Hold on. Oh, I know what I need to do. Hold on, guys. Bear with me now. Oh, I think it might be already working. Yeah, it's already working. Okay. Hold on. Bear with me. Allow me to make a maneuver here. Oh, look at that. Look at that. Would you knock it off? Four screens. <laughs> four eyes, four screens. Okay. Four eyes or four screens into the surl. Oh, you know what it does? It just doesn't save my settings. How annoying. Okay, you know what? Okay, Rilanon, give me a minute. I'll get this set up, buddy. But uh, good to see you again, sir. So, all right, we're moving back to the full screen. Hey, it's me again. What's up, y'all? All right. And uh, so, okay, so yes, we will have some President Trump truths, of course, at the head of our show. President Trump does lead here at the Sea Report. Got some good stuff coming in. And the video that President Trump dropped today, I think is... Well, I'm very grateful that President Trump released the most recent video that he has released. And so if you guys haven't seen it, you will see it here tonight. And we'll talk a little bit about it. And then, you know, we're going to kind of be off into an interesting realm today. Like I said, I got, you know, I got to be off the air. You know, we'll be here for two hours. And uh, we did a three-hour show last night. And I've got to get myself up with the sun tomorrow. So I cannot be on all night. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Uh, you know what? So we might as well just jump into, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. Almost forgot. Uh, in addition, house, some other housekeeping guys before we get underway with today's show, uh, in regards to the podcast, in case any of you all, um, happen to catch the podcast in addition to the live stream. And it is just, it is just this show in a podcast format. Uh, but you know, the podcast for both Lone Star State News and for, uh, the C report, uh, have been, uh, have updated since uh last year basically <laughs> oh yeah i get to still use that joke yeah they haven't been updated since last year so uh basically i just wanted to give a shout out to the podcast uh listeners and audience just so you guys know what's going on in case you're catching the live stream because the podcast is not present uh, that'll be hopefully updated soon. I mean, I'm out of memory. I have memory nowhere. I have no way to download episodes to upload those episodes to the podcast. I mean, I have no memory. Okay. I have, yeah. I mean, in case you guys didn't know, I have no memory. Okay. So, <laughs> so uh, anyways, ladies and gentlemen, so as soon as I can rectify that situation to where I can, cause I mean, I, I mean, I have two external hard drives and whatever else is on my computer. And I got down to the point that I was using thumb drives to try and, uh, you know, download and transfer videos that wasn't working. Okay. So, uh, so those, hopefully those will be getting fixed soon. I don't know how soon that's going to be, but just in case you are a podcast audience member, uh, I have not forgotten about you guys. Happy new year. And as soon as I can get those uploaded, downloaded and uploaded to the podcasts, I will do such a thing. And then the other uh, housekeeping note I wanted to uh, toss in today, uh, but not so much a toss as a uh, a firm uh, handing over of uh, thanks and gratitude to those who are joining us, new followers and subscribers coming in at Twitch odyssey and rumble uh so thank you guys for uh following along and uh, catching the show whether it's live or on the replay it makes no bother to me uh but as long as you are here with us hey that is amazing hey patet moss how are you doing today patet moss joining us over from in norway how are we doing this fine day we're doing excellent happy new year patet moss i have not seen you since last year i hope you are doing well 
and uh, that uh, the new year is shaping to look up like a great one for you. Uh, I feel like it's going to be shaping up to be a great one for us here. Things might be great again. Moss says, didn't I stop by the other day? If, unless it was by another name, Moss, And what is a name, Moss? Then I don't know. I know uh, I know that. Who do we have? We had Monsieur Baez stop in. And we probably had some commies stop in too. But Oh, that's right. Was that prior to the new year? Or was that prior? Wasn't Ram Jewel like the day after Christmas or something like that? So that would have been last year, Patet Moss. I'm just talking from January 1st. And, you know, I was off. The, you know, maybe you did stop in on January 5th. That was, yeah, you stopped in on that Wednesday. Okay, Patet Moss. Did I not say I have no memory? Okay. <laughs> Anyways, good sir. Thanks for stopping in and saying hello. You have some new brothers and sisters over at Twitch. We've had a few new subscribe or new new followers coming in over at Twitch. So that's kind of cool. Anyways, so excellent, excellent, excellent. Thanks for stopping in and saying hello, Patet Moss. That was <laughs> I told you I have no memory, America. Okay, anyways, guys. All right, so let's go ahead and get the show underway. We're already about uh, 20 minutes into the hour. Uh, so let's go ahead and get that going. Let me go ahead. And you know where we're going to start today's show with ladies and gentlemen. We are going to start with some President Trump truths. In good old sea fashion. And uh, they begin. All right, guys. So, oh, I forgot to put old glory behind me. Give me just a minute. And bam! There she is. Isn't she beautiful? Okay. All right, guys. Okay, so uh, we last left off yesterday with this tweet. It was about Biden's think tank being funded by China. I mean, again, I, I don't know. I hope everyone's talking about this. I mean, we got more receipts, guys. I mean, we've had, I mean, if 2022 were not the year of revelations and you guys at the influencers can start using these phrases if you want. 2022 was the year of revelations. You influencers can use it. 2023 will be the year of accountability. If the American people wake, wake, activate, Activate, America, activate. That's what I'm talking about now. That's what I'm talking about now. So, you know, because America is awake, okay? But America still has not gotten out of bed yet, okay? I mean, we're wide awake, but we're still just lazing around in our bed, you know? <laughs> hey, I get it, you know? We've had a hard time and, you know, a restful sleep makes you want to just stay in the comfort of your own bed, ladies and gentlemen. And it's great to be awake, but now we got to get out of bed. We got to put both feet on the ground. I mean, if you're the kind that wears slippers, put your slippers on. You know, if you do the robe thing, do that too. Get your coffee brewing. All right. Get the bacon scrambling with the eggs. Okay. <laughs> uh, and, you know, it's time to get to work, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, let me see here real quick before we advance any further. Patetma says, I'm not well at the moment. My daughter brought uh, with her some sickness from school. So we've been through. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that, Patetma. Uh, we. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry, it's your next comment. Uh, well, uh, uh, to a quick and speedy recovery for both you and your child, Patetma, absolutely. Uh, Patet Moss goes on to say, we usually talk about Americans. 
Is that what they call us in Norway? Merkins? <laughs> but right now, there's been too much ice around here and accidents to focus overseas. Well, be safe as well, Patet Moss, to you and your family. Absolutely. Absolutely. Give them my regards. Well wishes from America uh, and from a Texan nonetheless. Okay. Not that that makes it any more, you know, <laughs> special, but you know, probably uh, the Texans ego is probably well known in your parts, right? Like, oh, those Texans, they think they're bigger and better than everything. Okay. <laughs> All righty. Back to President Trump. Okay, so uh, next statement from, what is the next statement from President Trump? Ah, it's Jimmy, ah, it's Jimmy Fa. <laughs> Weren't we just talking about Jimmy Fa uh, uh, screwing over the people that are paying him by having such a, a deadbeat, dead end show, but he's still getting all of this money? Okay. President Trump, what you go? Oh, this is not President Trump. It's Dave Rubin. I apologize in advance for this. A team of writers and professional comedians came up with this. What? Should we watch it? No, I don't want to watch it. <laughs> you know what? Okay, hold on. Hold on. We, we'll, get, we'll get at least a laugh or two in before we get to the serious stuff, ladies and gentlemen. Give me a moment. <laughs> yes, there are two Mr. CTV show icons on the screen. Okay, here we go. All right, let's, I won't, I'll stay on the screen with you guys. Let's, let's see what this joke is all about. Actually, I guarantee there's probably going to be a commercial here. Let, oh, there is no commercial. Okay. Oh, it's only 59 seconds long. That won't be too painful, right, America? Okay, here we go. <laughs> there was Alpha, then Delta, then Omicron next, but this latest variant Okay. Oh, that guy looks angry. Okay. Hold on. <laughs> Wait, is there a point to this guy being on the screen or what? Or is it just to show his face? It's just to show his face. Oh, wait, never right. mind. I know you didn't laugh at that. Okay. You know what? I got something to say. <laughs> I know you didn't laugh at that. Okay. First of all, uh, yes, I know who UB40 is. Okay. <laughs> For those of you who want to age me, okay. Patet Ma says, how drunk was Jimmy? You know, I mean, no, I was like, it took a team of comedians to come up with that? Okay. <laughs> I don't care what David Rubin has to say. I got something to say, okay? A team of writers? Professional comedians? Anyways, I don't know. It's like, uh, maybe my calling is really calling right now, right? Okay. Okay, the lack of talent on Late Night has killed the ratings of, once again, great long-ago television. I don't know, I mean, you know, long about the days of Apprentice, you know, TV was already, a, it was already like nil for my generation, I think. Well, no, no, I take that back. I can't speak for my entire generation because look at half of my, no, uh, three quarters of my generation are woke assholes that are trying to get kids to chop off their boobs and their nuts. You know what I mean? And they're trying to, get, you know what I mean? Okay, so I'm just saying, guys, I can't speak for my generation. They're the ones who are doing this right now. They're the ones who are in the classrooms trying to molest kids. 
and make them racist. So my generation's pretty, you know, generation X also, there's a lot of them in there too, but most of them, well, they're like still like suffering depression or something like that. Anyways, okay. So uh, very, very, you know, the only reason why I played that, sorry, sorry, Mr. Rubin. I do not know who you are, Mr. Rubin. Should I know who you are? I don't know. I don't mean to cut you short, but eh. I only played it because President Trump posted it. And I, you know, I don't know that I have anything to say about uh, anyways, any of that. Hey, Sean Joe, what is going on? Good to see you, sir. <laughs> Sean Joe wanted to watch it. Ja oh, is that what that, that was what that was? The Jab Shack, like the Jab Shack, Jab Shack, baby. Okay, anyways, okay. <laughs> Let's see. What would we say? Uh, I'm going to hop in my Chrysler. It's as big as a needle. No, just kidding. And it's about to hit your vein. I don't know. Woo! Okay. Anyways, that you see. Okay. Maybe that's why Fallon needs a team of comedians because my attempt at extemporaneous comedy just bombed. Okay. All right. Anyways, let's go on. Let's move. Let's move. Let's move. Uh, Biden appears confused. He, he confused this man. I don't know who he confused that man with. Okay. We'll just move on from that. Uh, Biden's welcome to the border. You know, we, we touched on that lightly, uh, during a Lone Star State news today. I actually wanted to dip into, uh, uh, Abbott's little, like a uh, political stunt there. You know, he was like, oh man, someone quick, get out the fancy wheelchair. This illegitimate president just scheduled a visit to the border without telling me. Right. And so they pulled out the, they pulled out the golden wheelchair. <laughs> And they're like, okay. And so then in order to make it look like maybe it was an automated wheelchair, right? Like maybe he was just like, like racing down, like, could you just imagine Governor Abbott, like racing down the runway in his wheelchair just to get to the fake Air Force One, right? I mean, and then, okay. So I was like, all right, well, we were going to talk about it, but you know, we had to talk about what was going on in our state house yesterday. Okay. Like that was far more important than wheels making an appearance at the border with, you know, a fake president. Okay. Anyways, guys. Okay, so uh, maybe we'll, well, we should be talking about that probably soon, unless there's something more interesting to talk about anyways, guys. Okay, so like moving right along, moving right along. <laughs> For those of you who don't know on the national scene, Governor Abbott is a big rhino, you know, and he lied to President Trump about this whole uh, shimsham. He lied to President Trump about the forensic audit in Texas, and he allowed his, uh, his, uh, his underlings, right? He allowed his underlings to uh, conduct a sham forensic audit, ladies and gentlemen, a sham forensic audit. Governor Abbott deserves this just as much as any old rhino. Oh, yeah, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. He deserves that just as much as any other rhino does. Any other rhino. Uh, Patetma says, I did not care for TV until my friend was on the show Luxfellen. Then I had to force myself through an episode. Just one episode. Okay. I'm not sure what Luxfellen, Luxusfellen translate. I don't have time to do that, Mr. Patet Moss. I'm curious. Oh, and I watched Masked Singer, or was it called Cause Morton Harkett? 
on was that on there uh oh uh, or what i think it was called masked singer you know rudy giuliani was on masked singer and uh i heard that didn't go too well uh when they found out it was uh it was the uh it was the uh, mayor of america right america's mayor rudy giuliani uh-huh interesting interesting all right guys well you know you got the live stream life it looks like uh mr Potetmas. you've got the live stream life so that's pretty cool uh all right guys so let's see what else we got going on here next up next up from president trump okay uh we'll pass this one up only because I rebuilt our outdated military, it was in very bad shape. United States defeats China in simulated war over Taiwan, but costs are high. Can you imagine? President Trump, he, uh, he, uh, he boosted our military so much, even in spite of the fact that no one that is currently being kept or admitted into the military would know how to function with any of these tools of war because they're all like, oh, my nail, and should I chop my balls off? And will you pay for it, America? You know, uh, or they're concerned about CRT or something like that. Um, so, uh, you know, no, no one else is coming, but it's interesting that President Trump built up our military enough that even two years after an illegitimate president does everything in his power to destroy our armed forces, we would still beat China in a simulated war. Are you taking notes, influencers, so you know what to talk about on your show? Okay, that's pretty interesting. Or you know what point of view your, your uh, audience will most resonate with? Okay, let's move on. Yeah, and any of you guys out there, you're more than welcome to say, hey, I heard that on Mr. C Show. Okay, all right. So let's see here. Uh, illegitimate joke at the border. Okay, why? Oh, whoops, let me, let me bring this up to spotlight for you guys. Why did not, why didn't the Justice Department announce the highly classified documents found in the Biden office before the election? Oh, that's true. You know, I mean, it's the cover up is always worse than the crime. And the cover up is always worse than the crime. One must absolutely consider that question. I mean, if you ask the question, then ask it. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty simple and in the face, so to speak. Pretty simple and in the face. Next statement from President Trump. If we are going to clean up our filthy, dirty, corrupt, fake news media, the first thing that should happen is for the Pulitzer Awards to be immediately withdrawn from the fall failing New York Times and Washington Post for the absolutely horrible and scandalous reporting done on the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax. The reporting was neither good nor accurate. It was Delicious fiction, all part of the never-ending witch hunt, and should be treated as such. Both now admit it was fake news. Rescind now. And you know, I gotta say, I gotta say, speaking of the Washington Compost, and speaking of the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax, there is an article that is floating around out there that everyone is talking about. And from the left to the right, I feel like they're missing a point. So influencers, get your pens out so you can be the first one to have this idea. Okay. All right. So uh, let me see if I can't find this article real quick. I have not read it, but I've heard so many people talking about it. I think we should look at it. 
And, uh, you know, I have actually, well, we'll see where we get Mike and Beans. What is Mike and Beans? Anyways, okay, let me see if we can find this over here real quick. I think they said it was the Washington Compost that uh, published this story. Um, but I want to I wanna actually this because I, I have a feeling that there's, I don't know, there's just something I keep hearing that I don't hear anyone say out loud. So I want to look for this real quick. And this had to do with Russia and uh twitter right and trump okay let's see if we can find it real quick wapo admits russian trolls had little influence on 2016 voters okay washington compost where are you at okay pulitzer Port no 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 this has got to be brand new uh okay that's not it uh maybe they have a link to the story here at faux news and let us not forget, ladies and gentlemen, Fox News is a globalist operation, okay? Take that and do with it as you please, but Fox News, globalist operation, okay? If I start getting a little bit glitchy, guys, well, there's not much I can do about it, you know? Uh, people are being suppressed, whether they're on good guy networks or bad guy networks. I mean, you know, Yahoo and uh, GoOgle and uh, Facebook and Meta and all of them, they're not the only ones that censor people case in point. They're not the only ones that censor people. You know, the networks, the good networks do it too, because you might not be the face of the person that they want people to see. You're not on their team, so to speak. You're a loose cannon, a wild card. Anyhow, uh, let's see if they have a link to the article, because I want the root article. I don't, I don't want to hear any of people's opinion on it. My opinion on it. Uh, the latest reporting comes in stark contrast to the Washington Post past coverage. So you're going to give us the past coverage. You're not going to give us the root article. I don't. You do you really want my feedback, Fox News? Do you really want my feedback? Hello, I'm back. Okay, hold on. It's probably my genderless neighbors anyways. Okay. Or someone here who has a very interesting Wi-Fi name. And let's see here. Okay, we're looking for... Let me just get out of here. Let me just go straight to the pages of the WAPO. <laughs> I told you guys I wasn't lying to you, okay? <laughs> It's like I said it just in time. It's because I could see what was happening. There we go. Okay, we're back. Okay, now I can turn this down. Okay, all right. Uh, let's go back over here. <laughs> yeah, the, the topic of conversation tonight... I mean, you know, we talk about rogue generals and rogue men who have been in the military. You know, that falls kind of right in line. I mean, today's a very synchronistic day for me and President Trump, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. Because, uh, you know, as I prepare today's meal for you all, I had no idea what he said. I usually access President Trump's truth social just before the show. Okay. So let's just go to Washington Compost. Let's just look at that. Everyone's like, no, Mr. T is going to say something he shouldn't. Do I need to play the Newland alert again? Right. Okay. 
dang it you know he keeps talking about influencers stealing his ideas right okay well it's because i just need their audience to see okay all right so let's see here uh second biden search yields additional classified documents yada 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 where is the article about russia 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 and twitter that everyone is talking about even the, the left are talking about this the right is talking about this the patriots are talking about this and i'm like you coming to a point no just kidding uh let me see here first lady jack biden <laughs> oh what do they don't have this story anymore am i that late and behind on it okay let me see here that's funny. It says a Washington. I never saw this byline. Democracy dies in darkness. Man, they told you exactly what they're doing. Oh, sorry, guys. It's not on the screen. Uh, not that you guys want to see the pages of the Washington Compost, right? Okay, hold on. Heard on politics. I mean, this is probably going to be behind a pace screen anyways. I'll see what I can do for you guys. Um, let's see here. Where is the article? More okay, so Washington Compost is still talking about George Santos. Okay, <laughs> hey, at least I'm not alone, but I'm not in good company. Okay, all right, uh, let's see here. Friends or foes, blah 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 blah. How many days ago did this article come out? As <laughs> it has to be at least two days old. That's it. Okay, let me search. I don't want to, this is, as I was not planning to do this, but uh, since since it was in the feed there, it reminded me that I wanted to do this. Okay. <laughs> okay, hold on. Where is your search function, WAPO? Do they not have a search function? They're like, we don't want people searching our site. Okay. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Let me pull this up. Okay. Let's see right here. Da, 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 da. I found it. Okay. All right. Let me just put Twitter. And nothing is here. For okay, here it is. Russian trolls on Twitter had little influence on the 2016 elections. And... Okay. Let's see what this has to say, y'all. Let's see what this has to say. Okay, I can bring myself back up onto the screen like this. I'm sure many of you guys are interested in it. I'm sure many of you guys have already heard the same talking point on this as well. So and that's why I'm kind of waiting for a few days before I get to what's popular. So this way, everyone said their piece and copied each other, and then I can talk about it. Okay? All right. So... <laughs> Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, I'm not saying everyone's copying each other. I'm just saying those who are, you know who you are, okay? All right, okay, here we go. Who is that? Who is that? <laughs> I don't know. Who that is. is that Jack Dorsey? That's not Jack Dorsey, okay. <laughs> okay, uh, okay, here it is. A study finds minimal impact from Russian influence operations on Twitter in the Trump-Clinton presidential race. Okay, so like I said, I'm reading this for the first time. I'm just hearing what everyone's hearing, and I'm wondering if I'm hearing something other people are not. So uh, allow me to go through my process here live and on the screen with you guys. Uh, Russian influence operations on Twitter in the 2016 presidential election reached relatively few users, most of whom were highly partisan Republicans, and the Russian accounts had no measurable impact uh, 
in changing minds or influencing voter behavior, according to a study out this morning. Story continues below advertisement. Whoops, I wasn't supposed to read that part. I'm turning into Joe Biden. Okay, all right. Uh, the study, which the New York University Center for Social Media and Politics helmed, explores the limits of what Russian disinformation and misinformation was able to achieve on one major social media platform in the 2016 elections. My personal sense coming out of this is that this got way overhyped. Josh Tucker, not related to uh, Tucker Carlson, just kidding. <laughs> I got you. Okay. One of the report's authors, who is also the co-director of the New York University Center, told me about the meaningfulness of the Russian tweets. Okay. So, you know, this kind of does go exactly in line with what I'm thinking, but not what I'm hearing. Okay. It says here, now we're looking back at data and we can see how concentrated this was in one small portion of the population and how the fact that people who were being exposed to these were really, really likely to vote for Trump. And then we have this data to show we cannot find any relationship between being exposed to these tweets and people's change in attitudes. Tucker is an editor of The Monkey Cage. <laughs> Uh, but the study does not go so far as to say that Russia had no influence on people who voted for President Donald Trump. It does not examine other social media like the much larger Facebook. Oh, so now Facebook is much larger, huh? Now that Elon Musk has Twitter, right? Nor does, but you know, no one uses Facebook as a uh, as a social, um, a public social platform or forum for conversation with, especially with politics in mind, guys. People don't use Facebook for that. They use it to tell you about, you know, their favorite food and who they're boofing and who they're spying on. You know, that's all that people use at, at Facebook for, you know, and, and also to, you know, <laughs> Also, process servers. Anyways, okay. It says, uh, nor does it address Russian hack and leak operations. Another major study in 2018 by University of Pennsylvania Communications, Professor Kathleen Hall Jamieson, suggested those probably played a significant role in the 2016 race's outcome. Lastly, it does not suggest that foreign influence operations are not a threat at all. And then I guess it gives us some numbers, you know, okay, fine. Only 1% of Twitter users accounted for 70% of the exposure to accounts that Twitter identified as Russian troll accounts. Highly partisan Republicans were exposed to nine times more posts than non-Republicans. Content from the news media and the United States politicians dwarfed the amount of Russian influence content the uh, influence content the electorate was exposed to during the 2016 race. There was no measurable impact on political attitudes, polarization, and vote preferences and behavior from the Russian accounts and posts. This is pivotal right here, guys. This is pivotal. This is what I'm talking about. Okay, influencers, do you got your pens out? Are you ready to take some notes? All right, I want to hear this on your show tomorrow or tonight. Okay, just kidding. Okay, so let's just stop right here because let me tell you what I'm hearing from people. Okay, and I think there's a lot of merit to what some some of uh, these other people are saying, right? I think there's a lot, whether it's on the left or the right. I actually have heard people on the left who are using this to say, you know, hey, you know, we're finding out that they're actually saying these things. Like we're finding out that there was collusion, right? And uh, but the thing is that uh, the um, the Russians. Uh, did not have an influence. They did not impact the elections. Okay. What is Twitter doing right now? 
What is Elon Musk doing right now? He has handed us the receipts, ladies and gentlemen. Elon Musk has handed the American people and the world the receipts. And what is the number one thing that we keep hearing besides? Well, you know, maybe it's not the number one thing. Maybe it's the number three thing. I don't know. I have not been analyzing. Uh, you know, I've not been analyzing the Twitter files uh, as diligently as most. You know. But what we keep hearing, at least what we can infer, but what's not being said or screamed from the mountaintop is that Twitter, because of their collusion with big media and the government and the Democrat Party and big corporations or corporations, period, right? That's a little bit redundant. Like uh, they were trying to influence the elections. What is this article doing, guys? Influencers, do you got your pens out? You know, what is this article doing? This article is giving a way out for the mainstream media, for the government agencies, for the Democrat Party, and for every everyone who had a hand in affecting the elections and influencing people by censoring. This is what it's saying, guys. They are saying straight to your face. There was no measurable impact on political attitudes, polarization, and vote preferences and behavior from the Russian accounts and posts. Meaning, all of Elon Musk's efforts in their eyes are dead on arrival. So this way they can say, yeah, but you know what? It didn't impact. Oh, we have all these studies that show it didn't impact. That's your double-edged sword. That's your catch-22. Because they spent 2016 all the way through 2022 talking about Russia until Durham hit that pavement with his Michael Sullivan drop, ladies and gentlemen, the indictment and, and the speaking indictment that it was. Until he was in court with Dan Chenko until they had all of this evidence submitted into the court system where it is beyond deniability and it has teeth and it can gain traction and it can set precedence. All we heard is the Russian bots, the Russian bots, Russia inspired, Russia influenced, Russia inspired, Russia influenced. It's all Russia. Trump colluded with the Russians. And then, of course, we had the fake dossier that was paid for by the Clinton campaign, the DNC, the probably all five eyes. You know, OK, it wasn't all five eyes. Maybe it was two of them. Right. So, and that was the story. But now all of a sudden that Elon Musk is showing us the receipts, they're printing articles that's saying, but yeah, but it didn't influence. They're saying, they're saying, sorry, sorry. We didn't mean it when we said that it was Russian bots and they influenced the election. Here's an article and here's some studies. It's the double-edged sword. Influencers, did you get that? I want to hear it on your show and so does my audience, okay? So anyways, guys, that's what I'm hearing that I'm not hearing. That's what I'm feeling and seeing out of this, okay? This is the Washington Compost providing this path forward in this publication, but more importantly, it's the study. And now they're going to festoon this study because the underlying theme, the main point of this article is that yeah, the Russian bots did not influence the story. So it's okay. You know, even though you want to say, you want to say that it was uh, uh, because Russia, uh, I mean, not because Russia, but you want to say it was because uh, the DNC and, you know, the corporations and big business and all that stuff you know, influence the elections. No, it didn't have an effect. See, we have this study that proves it. That means they're trying to take the teeth out of all of the evidence, all of the receipts, every single thing, ladies and gentlemen, that's been coming out with these Twitter drops that prove collusion beyond a shadow of a doubt in their communications with all manner 
of globalist influencers and operations. And I'm not talking about the influencers on the internet who are taking notes on my show. I'm talking about the ones that have pull and power in the positions that they have been awarded, ladies and gentlemen. And that is what I see in this article. And that is what I'm not hearing. So I thought I would share that with you. Anyways, let's get back to President Trump's truths. I'm glad we looked at that. All right, back to President Trump's truths. Okay, what's next? Uh, so yeah, well, that was about the that was about the Pulitzer Prize. But hey, works for me, President Trump. How about you? Okay, uh, let's see here. Eh, fake president. Okay, so. <laughs> Yeah, there was a, there was an image of Joe Biden on the screen. So, ah, eh, fake president. Uh, let's see, CNN. Ah, eh, fake news. Okay, all right. Uh, president Trump. The Pulitzer Awards have lost all credibility and prestige. Sad. It's sad when they'll destroy themselves, right, just to uh, go along, to get along, or to fulfill some kind of political mission. And it should be expected. They also eat their own. Uh, let's see here. Washington Examiner. You know, I was saying earlier, uh, whenever I was talking, um, uh, whenever I was on, whenever we were doing Lone Star State News earlier and I was talking about, um, I was talking about uh, using Twitter uh, to engage, you know, your uh, uh, representatives. And I was like, just keep in mind their staffers and other people actually are the ones who are doing this probably 90% of the time. You know, and I don't doubt that President Trump posts his own Truth Social, but I'm pretty sure someone who's working at Truth Social probably handles his account, handles his account with a capital handles, ladies and gentlemen. I wonder who it could be. Anyways, let's go ahead and move on to the next truth. Oh, look, it is Mr. Meta himself. That'll leave a mark. Seven big tech moguls lost $433 billion in 2022. Is that 433 individually or is that 433 cumulatively? Because I don't think that they'll miss $433 billion between seven of them, right? Okay. <laughs> Anyways, okay. Uh, let's go on. Let's go on. Let's go on. Ah, it's Hoods Pelosi. Look, her hoods are still as sharp as ever. Can you find the hoods on Hoods Pelosi? All right, let's move along from. Yes, more proof that Nancy Pelosi was more responsible for the J6 riot than Trump. Interesting. Okay, let's move on. Oh, Lord, we got Hunter Biden's laptop on the screen. Nope, not the real Hunter Biden's laptop, just a photo of Hunter Biden. Our national press outlets need a Team B approach to the story. Hey, how about the C team, huh? <laughs> Shout out to my subscribers over at pill.net. Okay, awesome. The coup we never knew. I pulled this article to go through. Maybe we'll share it tomorrow. Okay, um, let's see here. What is this? It's the classic President Trump stationery. Okay, let's look at this. All right. Let's look at this. What does President Trump have to say? Um, it says, so interesting to see that people are talking about the border. When I was running in 2016, I was the only one talking about it. Who man, you're starting to sound like me, President Trump. Just kidding. <laughs> and then in 2020, there was nothing to talk about because the border was the best it has ever been. Well, they weren't talking about it because they didn't want people to know that the border was the best it had ever been, right? 
there was nothing to talk about because the border was the best it has ever been. Drugs were at the lowest point in the last 40 years. Our border was secure with hundreds of miles of wall built and Mexican soldiers were guarding our border for free. So before the election took place, I could not talk about the border because the border was not a problem. I fixed it. It's amazing what has happened in two years because now the border is probably our biggest bone of contention, along with everyone being killed in Ukraine. And we're talking about the innocent citizens of Ukraine, not the Nazi army and the Afghanistan withdrawal, which was perhaps our worst military withdrawal in history. Our economy that is crashing and inflation eating us alive. Biden has allowed the cartels to destroy the border, and I will destroy the cartels. Ooh. Everyone knows President Trump is a man that follows through, ladies and gentlemen. Has anyone heard a president speak so bluntly, clearly, and openly about his target, the cartels? Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know that I've ever heard a president that has repeatedly, repeatedly, said their names. You know, you know, these cartels will kill musicians who make cuentos, right? That's how you say cuentas, cuentos. People, you know, in, in, in Northern Mexico, you know, probably all the way down through Central, you know, if you are, you know, if you are a borrachero that likes to sing on your guitar and likes to serenade people and you make a song, they're called narco, narco something, narco cumbias, narco cuentas, right? And they, you know, because they sing about what they know. So they sing about the cartels in favor or not. They will kill you, ladies and gentlemen, in Mexico. If you sing about them, if you acknowledge them, if you put them in your literature and culture, you are dead. OK, you are dead. All right. So it's interesting, you know, because I have not scarcely heard a president who who will tell you I will destroy the cartels. And he's a man of his word. I mean, if. Any of the la the four years of his uh, uh, first term in office and anything since then has shown to you all, it should be that President Trump has a nigh impeccable track record. He has the best track record in politics, ladies and gentlemen. He has the best track record in all of politics, in all of American political history. There is no president that has the track record that actually has ticks off his checklist as best as President Trump. Tre President Trump is the best. He has the best track record. Ladies and gentlemen, there's no one who can deny that. There's no one who could fight that. And I scarce believe that there's not a single person who could put another president up against President Trump. I mean, let's just face it, guys. We're, we're, on another, we're in another era of American history. And in this era, we are restoring the republic, ladies and gentlemen. And believe it or not, it seems to me that it's well, you know I did I was not alive back at the founding of this nation as far as I can remember so you know uh, I'm just saying guys I'm just saying I think restoring a republic is a lot harder than uh, obtaining a republic and keeping that republic well we already lost it guys we're communists you know so anyways guys on paper we're constitutional republic in reality we're communists right. You know, we're we're just self-hating communist we patriots are, aren't we? <laughs> 
Oh man, we're self-hating communists. Anyways, okay, on paper, we're still a constitutional republic. We didn't do a good job at keeping it though. Yeah, we lost it in less than 200 years, right? Okay, all right. Next statement from President Trump. Next truth. What truth do you next have to say? President, oh, my president. Goes like this. Just two years ago, we had the strongest, safest southern border in United States of American history. <laughs> America history. Look at it now. A dangerous, a drug-infested nightmare. True words, true words, true words. <laughs> All right, guys, next up. Okay, Donald Trump's plan to destroy the cartels, Biden bolsters. What does that mean? Joe Biden's deliberate border destabilization is pushing vulnerable migrant women and children into the arms of the most vicious, violent, and predatory criminal networks on earth. I'm pretty sure it's because of President Trump's statement. Uh, we uh, we went through it the other night uh, when President Trump um, gave out his plan, right, for the cartels. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's why Biden was down at the border, right? He's like, oh, crap. Now I got to go for a photo shoot. <laughs> That should, that should, hey, it's Sarah Sanders. How's it going, Sarah? Oh, I have scarce been able to keep up with many things. Uh, I wonder how she's doing. Let's see what this guts to say. Um, it says here, oh, wait, there's two, there's two statements. Okay. Congratulations. Congratulations to Sarah Huckabee Sanders on being sworn in today as the first female governor of the great state of Arkansas. She is a fantastic person and will be a truly incredible governor. In the Trump administration, Sarah was highly skilled and respected. Let me, let me retruth this before we go on. Her mother, Janet, and father, Governor Mike, are very proud parents, and they would like nothing more than to see her do even better than Mike. Not easy. Brian, Scarlett, William, and George will make the people of Arkansas very proud. Go to it, Sarah. Amazing. Amazing. Great. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So nice to have that acknowledgement. Ah, I miss Sarah. Okay. All right. Well, Governor Sanders, I apologize. I miss Governor. How do you think? Oh, goodness, guys. I wonder what I wonder. I wonder what's going to happen in Arkansas. We got it. We got to follow that one. We have got to follow that one. OK, guys. All right. Uh, next up. Ha <laughs> ha. Joe Biden awards infamous 2020 election workers with Presidential Citizens Medal. Ugh, how many more awards is this Ruby Freeman going to get? You know, I mean, she does not deserve a lick of them. I mean, unless it's for the ha it's for the uh, the botched job she did, the con job, the, the, ah, the crime that she committed. Let's face it. Ruby Freeman is a criminal, right? She's a criminal, an election criminal. It's still a criminal, even though it has to do with elections and your sacred ability to vote. Right. Still a criminal. Uh, President Trump says about Ruby. Ruby, her daughter. And the others who ran back into the counting room, grabbing the cases from under the skirted table, and then back to their counting machines where they came from prior to hearing a water main break, which never happened, have got a lot of explaining to do. 
I predict that this medal, at a minimum, will someday be withdrawn. We need honest elections and strong borders for our country to again be great. I agree 100. You know what? I agree 100. And I am also going to retruth this as well. Again, I ask you all, you all heard that uh, that uh, leaked police footage, right? Uh, audio, not footage, audio. Uh, yeah, and I'm going to assess that since it is from a police officer's, you know, uh, auditory recording device that it's legitimate, you know, but she she gave away the con in that uh, in that audio clip about exactly what happened. She told you exactly what she did and she broke the law and she should be in jail ladies and gentlemen, along with her mother, right? I would never wish anyone's mother to go in jail. You know, I would go to jail for my mom before I let her go to jail, right? But in this case, it seems that the mother is the one that kind of encouraged the daughter to break the law. Because we all watched that 30-minute video with, uh, what was it, Ruby Free? But yeah, because Wandrea Shamos. Yeah, Wandrea Shamos is the daughter. Ruby, oh, Ruby Freeman, she's, okay, Wandrea is the one, God, I get these people confused. Wandrea is the one who uh, got the JFK uh, Medal of Dishonor Award from the JFK Library for her work in election. So Ruby finally got an award, this one from, from Illegitimate Joe, okay? So interesting, right? That's very interesting. So, you know, we saw Ruby Freeman's like 20 or 30 minute video. We played it here like twice on the C-Report back in the day. Where she's just like, I'm here with her mask on. I'm here at the Atlanta Counting Center at the uh, at the uh, State Farm Arena, blah, 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 blah. Walking around showing all of the boxes of ballots left unattended and the single person working in a room by itself on the ballot. No one's eyes on them. No security on any of the ballots. Like all of that broken law caught on film. And then, oh, and then Ruby, oh, I'm just going to be over here working on these by myself. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, hello, she was breaking the law on the camera. No one held her accountable for that. I mean, go back to, you know, the C-Report episode, like, yeah, 15. I know she... <laughs> no, it's probably more like episode uh, closer to, I don't know, it doesn't matter. It was a long time ago. I mean, it was probably like in the first few months of, of, of this uh, this broadcast that we shared that with you guys. And, and we were marking all of the laws that were being broken on that film, guys. On It had nothing to do with, uh, with the ballots being pulled out from underneath the skirted tables, okay? It was literally her catching herself in the act and bragging about it to all her friends, even though she probably was not aware that she was also breaking the law. And even though I am not um, I am not astutely familiar with Georgia election law, I'm pretty sure that there is a uh, statute in there that says uh, uh, these ballots must be secure. And they were not. And we had the video footage to prove it, ladies and gentlemen. All right. What's next? What is next? I wonder. Highly confidential papers, which were in his office for many years, were. Oh, wait. What are we doing here? Oh, my bad. Okay, so this was a weird synchro right here. Okay. I was not expecting to say the name Carl Rove more than once tonight, but apparently I'm going to say it twice because President Trump mentions him in his truth. Carl Rove was, as usual, 
wrong when he stated that then VP Biden's highly confidential papers, which were in his office for many years, were in any way similar to the Secret Service guarded and otherwise very secure Mar-a-Lago papers. Biden was not then president, had no power to declassify, and came under the very tough Federal Records Act. I come under the much more generous Presidential Records Act, was having a productive set discussions with radical left NARA, the National Archives and Records Administration, and did everything right. A giant scam. Okay, let's repost this. So here's something that I proffer to you all. Karl Rove is clearly an enemy of President Trump. So why would anyone trust anyone that is in Karl Rove's camp? You know, Karl Rove is here in Texas, right? And a lot of his demons are here also. Or I don't know, maybe I could just call them his minions, right? Or I don't know, actually, I think they're the ones who are turning his neck, to be honest with you, right? He, he just can't resist those uh, closets, right? He's jumping in and out of those closets, right? All these fake Christians. Oh, wait, I told you guys I would not judge someone's faith. Uh, but, uh, when you're hiding in the closet, which I don't do, I don't hide in any closets, guys. I jumped out of my closet a long time ago. I never claimed to be anything except someone attacked me saying I was claiming this and that about God and Christianity and the Bible. I was like, I have never said any of that. Well, you are obviously not a viewer of my show. You know, you're just latching onto something you heard in one of my episodes. Okay. Yeah, my audience knows me, okay? I've been nothing but truthful with you guys since I've been on the air. Even with people that aren't in this audience, that are, are, are involved with all of this stuff behind the scenes, I've been nothing but honest. And I've, I've faced a lot of dishonest people, okay, that I have met. And I just, you know, it does the, the dishonesty and the, and the omission, it does not jive with me, okay? So anyways, besides that, besides that, ladies and gentlemen, you know, so I was just saying Carl Rove, you know, um, we'll, we'll jump back into Carl Rove in a little bit. Well, maybe actually, yeah, no, no we are. Okay. <laughs> Cause he's in Texas, ladies and gentlemen, but we will not reserve Carl Rove for Lone Star State News. Nay, no, we shall not. No, we shall not. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, nice synchronicity there. So uh, yeah, Carl Rove. Carl Rove. Carl, Carl, Carl. Okay, enough about him. Let's see what this says. Biden's documents are highly confidential. Many pertain to Ukraine where Hunter was raking in the dough and funded by China, which gave $55 million to Biden through Penn and probably had easy access. Was the old crow's boss, China-loving Coco Chow McConnell involved? Just asking. Oh, don't you love people who ask the question, ladies and gentlemen? I love it when people ask the question. It's a great thing to be able to ask questions, ladies and gentlemen. So Coco Chow McConnell possibly being involved with this, just asking, right? It's kind of like I asked the question, 
and who funded all of these ballot trafficking mules and how much bigger were the salaries of people like Ruby Freeman and Wandrea Shea Moss and anyone else who was involved in the rigging at the upper levels? And did any of that money happen to come from the Center for Tech and Civic Life, a proxy for um, Meta and uh, Mark Zuckerberg and his wife, Coco Chow McConnell. Just kidding. His wife is, it's like what, uh, Elizabeth Chen or something like that. Chen Chen Cow Mc, uh, McMeta. <laughs> we'll call her Chen Chen McMeta. How about that? Chen Chen McMeta, ladies and gentlemen. Chen Chen McMeta. Okay. Good question, President Trump. Excellent question. Let's move on. Not that we're moving on, but uh, okay. All flights have been canceled throughout the good old USA due to the incompetence and the fact that we are now living in the equivalent of a third world nation. I talk about our obsolete airports all the time at our big America First rallies. We have no borders, no energy independence anymore, no airports, no nothing. We do have massive inflation a rotten economy, and rigged elections. Make America great again. And I'm willing to bet the emphasis on uh, no nothing is not in the uh, grammar, ladies and gentlemen. It's just that we're at a point that we don't even have nothing anymore. You get what I'm saying? Okay. So, <laughs> so when it comes to nothing, we don't even have that, guys. All right. It's getting that bad. All right. So, yeah, I don't think that was a grammar thing. Right. OK. Anyways. OK. Biden touts McConnell's loyalty during infrastructure celebration. Oh, look at this. Look at. Oh, we got a profile of Mitch McConnell's painful smile. Look at that. He's a. He's still... <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. Mitch, what happened to your chin? OK. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> oh, man, that is hilarious. Look at that. <laughs> he looks like a guppy, right? Some kind of weird, overblown fish betraying catfish. <laughs> He's a catfish. Coco Chow McConnell and Catfish McConnell, right? They're... <laughs> I say he's a catfish because he's a, a rhino. He's a rhino catfish. He's not really. A, he's not really a Republican. He's just pretending to be. The younger generation will know exactly what I'm talking about, right? But this catfish been found out a long time ago, hadn't he? Oh yes, he has. All right, what's next? We're almost done with President Trump's truths. Ex-Capitol Police boss says politics hampered January 6th security under Pelosi. A recipe for disaster, right? Okay. Uh, big banks privately reveal Biden's Achilles heel in 2024. I bet that's probably an interesting article. President Trump, it says here, reports of Mr. Trump's demise have been greatly exaggerated. PJ Media, I would have to agree with that on uh, um, headline reading value. Okay. Uh, Fox News, ah, Adam Kinsinger, I don't care. Okay, uh, let's see here. 65% of Republicans still value loyalty to Trump. Oh, that's a, that's a far, far smaller percentage than I would prefer to see myself, guys. But anyhow, all right. You know, and the thing about it is when people want to start, you know, bashing in on Trump, as soon as I say track record, they all shut up. Okay, no one can, no one can argue about President Trump's track record. Okay, no one. 
No one can. All right. I mean, they could say this and that about vaccines. Well, face it, guys. He didn't force it on people. He didn't mandate it. Okay. They can say this and that about President Trump shutting down the uh, shutting down, um, allowing them to shut down, uh, you know, states and nations. Well, let's face it, guys. He put that in the governor's hands. Okay. He didn't force them to do it. All right. You know, and there are other things that people can, you know, uh, volley back and forth about the merits of a president who did more than anyone in this nation, including the people who are having the debate, right, about whether or not he's a good president. They didn't do what he did, so they should just shut up, right? Okay, they can't argue about it. Shut up and sit down. Thank you. All right, next. Next. Okay. <laughs> ah, not Hood's Pelosi again. Get her off the screen. Okay. Uh, Hunter Biden again. Okay. The liberal media's cynical gaslight. Oh, sorry, guys. You're looking at me. Read it. The liberal media's cynical gaslighting on house probes into Hunter Biden. Perhaps we'll peer into that one later. Uh, another fake visit to the border. Well, it's not such a fake visit. I bet you that's a boy. No, just kidding. <laughs> She's like, do you know? He's like, do you know what Biden just made me do? He smelled my hair. Look at Okay. Anyways. Okay. No disrespect to the people of the border, but you know, this is probably a staged photograph anyways. Okay. All right. Um, and by that, I mean the people working the border classified documents found at Biden's think tank draws criticism. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm sure everyone else is on that one. So we'll go ahead and give that a pass for now. All right, we'll wait till they get everything out of their system. Uh, Stefanik statement on Joe Biden's illegal classified. There was a Stefanik release. Like someone dropped a release on her, right? Talking crap about President Trump. Anyways, that's all I got to say about Stefanik. Uh, I'm not going to give any kind of assessment or analysis. Uh, where's the Biden FBI raid on Joe Biden crime family? I don't know, Elise. Elise, you tell me, Elise. Okay, all right, moving right along. Um, what is this? We just passed the rules package for the 118th Congress. Here's what it entails. Thanks again to real Donald Trump for helping us get here. Okay, we'll pass on that. I'm sure everyone's talking about that, right? It's a topic du jour, right? It's what they're going to serve up on the plate. Um, let's see here. Mike Davis, unlike President Trump, then VP Joe Biden, was not the president when he took classified records with him and when he left office. Presidents have the constitutional and statutory authority, the power, to declassify and take records when they leave office, not vice presidents. FBI raid, intel assessment. Can I just ask the question? Where was everyone when Mar-a-Lago happened? Say no one was saying this. I mean, it's great that you know President Trump is retruthing all of these uh, great patriots who are now coming to President Trump's defense. But where were they when Mar-a-Lago was being raided? Why didn't we have all of these people speaking up back then? Why are they doing it now? Huh? That's what I want to know. Okay, that does not make sense to me. It's a little weird, right? I mean, in the end, these people are showing their loyalty probably to get favors from President Trump when he's optically in office again uh, for his third term. But, ladies and gentlemen, um, <laughs> where were you when it was happening? Why weren't you backing up President Trump then? Why were you allowing him to get kicked around and maligned and abused for months before you decided to step up and say something? Okay, did it take you that long to grow a backbone is kind of what I want to say. You know, it's kind of what I just said, ladies and gentlemen. Where were you? Where were you back then? 
all you guys talk about like you know what's going on now. Where were you when it was happening? I didn't see you guys out there coming to his defense. Did you? I didn't. Huh. Okay. So the McCarthy thing, I know, is a very sour spot for a lot of people, right? I think I think it's I think it's essential and it's necessary for certain things, ladies and gentlemen, and I'll just leave it there. But uh again, to me, Taylor Green and Trump, two totally separate universes, galaxies, timelines, uh dimensions, okay, in regards to the McCarthy thing. All right, two totally separate. No comparison to the reasons why Trump may have wanted McCarthy in compared to Taylor Green. But let everyone cry and whine about it. Let's just, you know, let's just see, right? If that 65% goes down to 50%, right? We need to we need to drain the swamp, right? Let's see how many people are out there with this thing to say. Um, Marjorie Taylor Green explains the upside of having McCarthy as a speaker. Let's let's take a let's take a moment. To see what uh, Taylor Green has to say. It's only actually a minute long. I'm curious since this has been part of a national conversation. And, uh, you know, while I do not agree with McCarthy as speaker and I don't agree with Taylor Green um, supporting him, it's still important for me to hear it, right? Just so I can continue making my assessments. I'll stay on screen with you guys. I just want to ask you really quickly about the news that just broke that Joe Biden, who's trying to put Donald Trump in jail for having classified documents at his home, also had classified documents at his office at the University of Pennsylvania. What do you make of this? Well, this is a huge story. It's very serious. As a matter of fact, Joe Biden conceivably stole those documents. What people need to understand is the president of the United States is the only one that can declassify documents, not the vice president. For Joe Biden to steal documents and have possession of them, this is a serious investigation and the communists at NARA can't hide it anymore. And Merrick Garland and the Department of Justice, they have to be held accountable if they don't treat Joe Biden exactly the same way they're treating President Trump. It's ridiculous and it's shameful. Merrick Garland is shameful. The fact that he's the attorney general is shameful, I would say. He should be, um, he should be impeached. Yes. At least. Congressman Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia, thank you very much for coming. All right. So that had nothing to do with the upside of uh, having McCarthy as a speaker. But, you know, I do agree with this interview. <laughs> I agree 100%. And I see why President Trump retruthed it here. Just to throw, just to throw a wrench in the spoke over at my truth social, I'm gonna retruth it. Okay, here we go. All right, what is going on, Kiss? Good to see you. Happy New Year once again. Hope you're doing well. Thank you so much for the cookies, ma'am, and uh, much love to you. All is doing well. I hope you and yours are doing well as well. All right, what do we got left tonight, ladies and gentlemen? I believe we're almost done with the Trump truths. We'll pass that one up. What is this? Another phony attempt to take down Trump. Let's see how long this one is. I... 50 seconds. I'll give I got I got 50 seconds for Greg Kelly. Let's let's see what Greg Kelly has to say. Something tells me this is going to fall right in line with what Marjorie Taylor Greene was talking about. Let's check it out. I believe the president has an ironclad defense 
about how these things wound up in the uh, in Mar-a-Lago. In addition to he's the president and he's allowed to have him even as a former president. But remember this, folks, when he arrived at West Palm Beach Airport on January 20th, Inauguration Day. Ladies and gentlemen, I saw that dress live and in the flesh. I have a picture somewhere. It, you know, I was like, what is a uh, fat cowboy doing with this dress? Okay, who's riding around in a sports car? <laughs> well, I mean, he wasn't a cowboy, guys. His spurs don't jingle, jingle, jingle. Anyways, right, back to this. In 2021, at 11 a.m., he was still the president of the United States. Fifteen minutes later, he walks into Mar-a-Lago, his home as the president of the United States. Joe Biden took the oath of office early, by the way, but uh, at 1147. So whatever documents were there at Mar-a-Lago, well, they were there. I think that's actually a key point for the president and his team to um, bring to light. Don't you? Worth a shot. Okay, sorry, I had to stop it from advancing to the next video. Uh, you know, that's a good point, you know? The whole timeline factor thing, right? They can only get things down to a science, after all. How interesting. Okay, so uh, let's move on to finally we've come to the moment I've been looking for. Okay, let's get this rolling, guys. We'll go full screen with it. Can we go full screen with it? Let me see. Can I go full screen? Uh, let me do this. What? Okay, so maybe we'll, nope, the video is marked as private. Let's uh, maneuver it this way. We'll just do this, hold on. Uh, but yeah, no, that is actually, a, that's a good, that is a good point that Greg Kelly brings up. And this is the last Trump truth we'll be doing before we get into the rest of the show. Well, I mean, you know, the and rest now of the show. Here we go, guys. Uh, this is new from President Trump as of today. The now famous Twitter files have proven beyond all doubt that the corrupt officials at the FBI have been coordinating a massive censorship, surveillance, and propaganda campaign against the American people and, frankly, against me. In the most recent and notorious example, the FBI worked to stop the truth from being told about the Biden family's criminality. They worked so hard to stop it from coming out and the corruption prior to the 2020 election. They didn't want any bad information to come out about the Biden family. The fix was in, the election was rigged, but the censorship of the laptop from hell is only the beginning of the story about the weaponization of government against free speech. We must have free speech in our country. We must have a fair and free press. As recent reporting shows, the FBI and other rogue agencies have been systematically colluding with former national security officials placed in high positions at Twitter and very likely other companies to advance their censorship regime, which is really, in this case, to steal an election. This anti-American effort, and a very illegal effort at that, has been working to silence dissenting opinions on COVID and crucial issues on public health and on the election and elections in the future. 
They suppressed doctors and health experts who dared to question approved public health narratives. They censored voices who criticized school closures, lockdowns, and mandates. And they even banned people simply for stating proven scientific facts. And anything bad about China, they didn't want out. But anything bad about Biden and the Biden crime family, and that's what it was, just look at the laptop from hell. They didn't want that coming out under any circumstances. What they wanted coming out was anything bad about your favorite president, me. Anything bad about Trump, put it out, even if it's not true. But this all had nothing to do with science. This had nothing to do with saving lives. It had everything to do with politics or a sick ideology. This was about government working with powerful corporations to seize power over you, the American people. And we can't let that continue. The Twitter files prove that we urgently need my plan to dismantle the illegal censorship regime, a regime like nobody's ever seen in the history of our country or most other countries for that matter, to prosecute the perpetrators for their crimes and to restore free speech for all Americans, so important. We need a free press. We need free speech. We need fair elections and we need borders. The new Congress should immediately hold hearings to investigate the role of the FBI and other federal agencies in censoring lawful speech. Congressional leaders should promptly issue subpoenas in furtherance of this goal. The revelations also highlight why my proposal to end the revolving door between the deep state, and there is a deep state indeed, I wasn't a believer, but everybody's a believer right now, and the tech tyrants is so important. There must be a seven-year cooling-off period before any employee of these powerful agencies is allowed to take a job at a major platform. When I'm president, we will take back our freedoms. We will take back our country. All right. I'm so glad that, uh, well, President Trump dropped that today. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's a great synchronicity with things I had in mind. Great synchronicity. What is going on, ROCG, over there at pill.net? ROCG says, WTF, the lip sync is off the mark, LOL. I was like, is that all you took away from that, ROCG? Uh, I don't know. What do you guys think that maybe that's like a, something to decode, maybe? You know, I actually had a very interesting thought uh, about decoders because you know i was thinking about the source code right like the source code from the voting machines you know and i was saying earlier this afternoon well you know i am not smart about this source code stuff i could not read the code but people out there can read the code and then i started thinking about the decoders not the decoders about decoders i started thinking about decoders and i was like you know what what if decoders are just people who are coders that write code and they're decoders because they're hackers I don't know. The thought just crossed my mind, but interesting that you bring that up. And that might be something to decode ROCG, but it also might be the latency on my stream that was causing the uh, the mark to be off for that. Anyways, guys, so uh, getting back into what President Trump was saying, let's not miss the mark on what he was saying here. Um, I was very ecstatic to see this message from President Trump because we needed President Trump well, we need people to talk about Twitter. When it came to my attention that people who have been awake for X amount of years and are, you know, 
people I love in my life. Okay. And they had no idea what was going on with Twitter. I was like, you took the oath with General Flynn. Why don't you know about Twitter? Okay. I'm just, you know, I'm going a little hard on them. Okay. I got their head in a nookie right now. Uh, I'm about to get them in a figure four leg lock if they don't start voting on every election though. Okay. Anyways. So <laughs> anyways, guys, I say it with love. I say it with love in case they're out there listening. But anyhow, we need, oh wait, ROCG has a response. No, take the takeaway was that he said he will be president. LOL. Well, we already knew he was going to be. I'm glad that it was a takeaway for you. I'm glad it was beyond the uh, the, the lip syncing. Right. But now my takeaway was that he is telling the world about Twitter because no one is talking about the, It's interesting. Right. I mean, when. Elon, when Mr. Musk started dropping his Twitter droppings, I was like, this man is part of the zeitgeist and he's trying to stop all of the patriots and all of the independent, you know, uh, show content creators uh, from talking about elections. They're going to get swept up with that. Now, the influencers did that anyways. Like they were already on Balenciaga, like, you know, before that even happened with uh, with all this other stuff, you know, um, with the Twitter drops. OK. And you notice that started on Twitter as well. So I'm just looking at this as the outsider and analyzing all of these things and all of these people and watching their actions and watch them flip through the channels as if though it were just, you know, a movie, even though they're talking about saving the Republic and doing everything that they can, yada, yada, yada. And uh, so I'm just there watching it, guys. And so I'm like... I, you guys know, ask Sean Joe over there at pill.net how hard I was going on Elon Musk. You know, we were talking about how he supports abortions for his Tesla people, how him and Peter Thiel, you know, the guy who's like the major funder of Rumble are all transhumanists. OK, and so uh, yeah, all that stuff. That's right. I said it. Anyways, so um, with that in mind, you guys know I was going extremely hard on Mr. Musk. OK. But the value of what is coming out, it's interesting. I, and it's also showing everyone's hands, you know, but but people who still listen to President Trump, you know, people like, I don't know, the entire uh, the entire audience during his rallies in Pennsylvania that are still hooping and hollering for Fox News and Sean Hannity, like they're the next coming of Jesus Christ and their Lord and Savior that bad. Right. That bad. OK, they 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 listen to president trump but they have no idea what's going on outside of fox news right and i mean i'm pretty i'm pretty sure fox has maybe talked about the twitter drops i don't know because uh i don't watch fox news you know but but with that said ladies and gentlemen that's going to draw more attention to it okay so i'm very glad that president trump said that ladies and gentlemen and i'm very glad of course the i mean of course the mainstream media is not going to play that rocg of course it is ROCG says, true, but the sad news is the viewing circle in the United States, not them, narrow audience. Well, I mean, you know what? Then you need to get louder on your social medias, ROCG. Okay. I mean, I'm getting as loud as I can. I'm finding people who have not even heard about the Twitter drops, who should be totally engaged with it because they that's who they said they were, you know? Anyways, so, you know, uh, and, and, and again, the second takeaway for me, ladies and gentlemen, and I have more than one, Mr. OCG, but the second takeaway I have on that video is, again, the Washington Compost article that, you know, you heard what President just Trump just said, the Twitter drops, the Twitter files that Elon Musk has provided to us has proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that they were trying to influence the elections. But according to this report, 
Um, it, it had barely influence, any influence on elections, even the Russian stuff. And now that that's all down the barrel of a gun, I mean, the, the ammunition loaded up the barrel of the gun. They're down the barrel of a gun. They're trying to CYA, okay? They're trying to CYA. So that's a huge stuff. You know, President Trump talking about the Twitter files is big. I mean, I know he's mentioned Mr. Musk before. He has not made a video like that, okay? We need to continue to draw the focus, okay? The elections were stolen. The elections were stolen. The elections were stolen, okay? We cannot move forward with safe and secure elections unless we get rid of the machines, period. All machines are corruptible, period. But this was another factor in the stealing of our elections, okay? Because our elections were already fake, all right? They're fake as the day is long, and it's been in our face since 2020 like, uh, like an extremely bad dream, okay? Uh, and that's just, you know, putting out something like that, I think there's a lot of strength behind it. And, and I'm hoping that uh, the people will listen. And the Trump supporters who are now on the fence with him will listen. You know, I believe that President Trump would have a majority of his original base still by his side if entities like influencers were not parroting the mainstream media. They parrot the parrots, guys. I mean, that's why I said, like, with Washington Examiner, like, you guys know what we did with Washington Examiner and how we broke down that they were pushing the narrative of no big red wave. It's all President Trump's fault. And then you see Washington Examiner being retruthed by President Trump to that. I say, well, he doesn't control his own account. He has he, it is his account. But, you know, there's handlers there, guys. I wonder who's handling his account. You know, that's an interesting question to me. To me, it is. I don't know about you guys, but uh, one last article I wanted to share with you guys before we jump in to a few more items before we close up tonight. I found this article and it's a, it's a dated article. I mean, that means it's older. And um, I was just like, this is interesting. So let's take a look at it, right? Okay. Uh, this article comes to us. <laughs> I just wanted to share it for like, you know, perspective and to have it on record. Um, I guess this is from USA Today. Look, it says here. Oh, let me expand that for you. And let's expand it one more time. Woo! So this is from 2019. Donald Trump, a former TV star, often sees those around him as central casting. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Um, and I, what was my other... There was another thought that was coming through whenever I was going on about the influencers. Um but yeah, it's all their fault. Okay, all right. He would have a bigger base that believes in him if it weren't for those people. All right, anyway, central casting. What does this have to say? Oh, look at that. So do you guys think this is the single eye Illuminati? Or do you think that's him saying, uh, the eyes of America are upon you? Okay. <laughs> Anyways, or do you think he's doing the 666, guys? Is that what this is? Do you think he's showing them? Look, I'm the 666, right? Or maybe this is where all of those, uh, you know, because, you know, the way I kind of look at it is if they've got the bright blue laser eyes, they're probably like, you know, fake patriots, right? I don't know. I'm just saying. I don't know all of them. I don't know who else does all that stuff. But every time I see that crap, I'm like, okay, you're just trying to sell a picture or something, right? You're trying to make, 
I don't know what you're trying to do. You're just, you're, maybe you're just a bane to the culture, but you're trying to be a boon. I don't know. Maybe you're just out of ideas and you think it looks cool. I have no idea. Anyways, I'm like, that is so tacky. Anyways, okay, moving right along. Okay, so what does this article say? I was just curious. So I thought as I explore it, I will explore it with you. It says, Donald Trump is president of the United States, but the former reality TV star still frequently speaks of the people in his political orbit through the lens of show business. On Monday, in telling of a 2017 encounter with Chinese President Xi Jinping, Trump described Xi's, Xi's aides as straight out of central casting. You think that they have a CAA over there in China, too? Oh, yeah, they probably do. And in case anybody missed the point, the showman applied a few hand gestures for special effect. Pulling his hands to his face as he mentioned the aide's glasses, Trump made two circles with his fingers and then strategically placed them around his eyes. Can you imagine having to write this article and, you know, because President Trump is doing something like this, you have to be that detailed? You know, I haven't read the rest of this, but I wouldn't be surprised if he said that they were making fun of the Chinese. Trump is making fun of the Chinese because he's saying he has round eyeballs. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm sorry. I'm surprised they didn't say that. Did they say that? I don't know. Let's find out. Okay. <laughs> he uses his hands to mimic eyeglasses as he describes the aides to Chinese President Xi Jinping as straight from central casting. Does that mean that uh, we've got both eyes on you and uh, you guys, you are the devil. That's why there's a 666, right? I don't know, guys. I'm having fun with this. All right. Don't take it so seriously. Okay. <laughs> Okay, it must have been weird having to write this descriptive sentence about how President Trump strategically placed his hands around his fingers. Showcasing his flair for drama, Trump regaled the nation's governors with his tale of how he persuaded the Chinese president in 2017 to release three UCLA basketball players accused of shoplifting in Hangzhou, China. I probably pronounced that wrong. Trump, who happened to be in Beijing at the time, said he broached the subject with Xi during a state dinner. I said, Mr. President, could you do me a favor? Could you let the three basketball players out? Trump said in remarks from the White House state dining room. Xi called over two aides. Or Xi called over two aides. Trump said, noting the Chinese president has got people standing behind him. Everyone is central casting. Central casting. Glasses, pad, boom. Within two minutes, according to Trump, Xi returned and Trump continued his plea on the athlete's behalf. I said it would be a great thing if you could possibly let them out, Trump said. He goes, so be it. They're out. Call it diplomacy, showbiz style. The original apprentice is coming back. Do you have what it takes to be the next apprentice for casting? <laughs> Did he send that to Xi Jinping central casting aides, I wonder? Anyways, it's not the first time Trump has used the phrase central casting to describe people around him. Trump repeatedly described Justice Brett Kavanaugh, then his nominee for the Supreme Court, as being from central casting, as a way to express his surprise that Democrats objected to the judge following allegations of sexual assault. Kavanaugh was ultimately confirmed.
I'm going to nominate you for the United States Supreme Court, Trump said during a rally last November in Tennessee, recalling a conversation he had with Kavanaugh. I said, this is going to, you are so central casting, great marks, great schools, the best everything, the best everything. Quite frequently, the president uses the phrase as a term of endearment. Is it a term of endearment? Oh, actually, no, it isn't. Yeah, because he, he says, oh, we've got some people in the audience. They're straight out of central casting. They're straight out of central casting. Or, you know, when he's talking about someone's, I don't know, bodyguards or something. Oh, those guys are so straight out. Yeah, he does use that as a term of endearment. It's it's used towards people that he's not, uh, at least at that time, I mean, uh, in conflict with. Uh, in is he central casting or what? Trump asked during a Mississippi rally in October, calling Governor Phil Bryant to the stage. He's central casting. I mean, come on, guys. Do you think maybe did you not decode this right? Anyways, okay, so like. <laughs> The former reality television star used the phrase earlier on in his presidency at the same annual governor's meeting, this time referring to Vice President Mike Pence. And thank you to Vice President Pence. He has been so wonderful to work with. He's a real talent, a real guy, Trump said. And he is central casting. Do we agree? Central casting. He's been great. <laughs> Is this a video? Ah, we got a video. Hold on. Ah, Ramsey. Ramsey says Ramsey's. Okay, hold on. Sorry if you guys know that reference. Uh, <laughs> yeah, don't say it. Okay, hold on. Skipping ad. Okay, okay, okay. It's a minute long. This is old. I take it back. It's not old. This is um previous Trump footage. Let's take a look at this. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> I'm now right after this meeting, I leave for Vietnam where I meet with Chairman Kim and we talk about something that frankly, uh, he never spoke to anybody about, but we're speaking and we're speaking loud and I think we can have a very good a very good summit. I think we'll have a very tremendous summit. We want denuclearization. And I think you'll have a country that will set a lot of records for speed in terms of an economy. And I told you uh, last night, it was a lovely dinner, but I told you how, uh, how well we did with our trade talks in China. And it looks like uh, they'll be coming back quickly again. And we're going to have a, uh, another summit. We're going to have a signing summit, which is even better. So hopefully we can get that completed, but we're getting very, very close. Ambassador Lighthizer, Steve Mnuchin, uh, a lot of folks in the room have been helping, and uh, that's been great. Now, right after this meeting, I leave for Vietnam, where I meet with Chairman Kim, and we talk about something that, frankly, uh, he never spoke to anybody about. Okay, I mean, I did not hear the phrase central casting in there, but I mean, I guess that helped the point of USA Today. I have no idea. He, oh, what does it say here? 
ROCG says, you do great. I scream at Walmart and Kroger. They do not listen. Oh, well, keep screaming. ROCG, are you the same person who was in the chat room the other night saying protests are pointless? You know, why are you screaming at Walmart and Kroger? They're going to think you're retarded or something or like a, a, a fringe element of society or maybe like a uh, uh, maybe like a tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy theorist. You should be talking to your friends and your neighbors, you know, the people who value your word of mouth. You have those, right? Like, uh, why would you be at Kroger and Walmart? Yo, yeah, I could just picture someone anonymously at Kroger or Wal Kroger. Or Wal Can you guys imagine walking around like a blurry fate? Like, you know, you have no features, you know, like that's, you know, like you pe anonymous people, right? Anyways, <laughs> could you imagine if you were a blurry anonymous figure at Walmart or Kroger just screaming at people about political things? I mean, does that, that does not even help the movement. Okay, so keep screaming all you want, OCG. I talk with my people. All right. Anyways. Okay. Yeah. There was someone in the chat room that had the same kind of energy as you did yesterday. So I'm just wondering if you're the same person under a different account. Right. Anyways. Are you another influencer? Anyways. Okay. Let's move. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they're all anonymous anyways. Okay. So, uh, and in this day and age, well, you guys know how I feel about anonymity. Um, that ladies and gentlemen shall only resonate with the people that it needs to. Um, article goes on to say, but Trump has suggested he does not believe he has gotten enough credit for bringing them home. Trump noted that Ball's father, LeVar Ball, had minimized his involvement in securing the player's release. We came back and the one father said, well, we don't know that Trump helped. I sent a consultant, Trump said. The consultant would have gotten nowhere. That consultant would have gotten nowhere. Okay. And that is that. That is the end of that article. Okay. All right. For so, so for some reason, this article decided to highlight the fact that President Trump uses phrases like central casting as a term of endearment just to make the point that uh, one of the fathers of these basketball players had no faith in President Trump uh, for handling the job of getting their child home. Interesting, interesting, interesting. So, all right, you know, this is such a funny picture right here. Okay, guys. So right, where is that going to put us next? What do I got next on the screen? Ooh, what's this? Okay, this is interesting. Oh, yeah. So these are kind of some articles I've been wanting to share. God, we're almost out of time, y'all. I'm not even halfway done. Uh, what does this say? Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene said, I oh, said, like a lot of people, she had easily gotten sucked into some things I had seen on the Internet regarding QAnon conspiracy theories. Now, I'm pretty sure most people um, who um, were awakened to and or, you know, uh, respect, you know, uh, the community of such conspiracy theories now coming from, uh, well, I don't know. Did she say that? You know, I'm pretty sure they all dislike Marjorie Taylor Greene right now anyways, because of the whole McCarthy issue. I, you know, like I said, whatever, I'm more concerned about my house speaker. Okay. So let's see what this says. Man, she has such a bold face, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Okay. And after we read this, I'll tell you why I'm sharing it. Okay. All right. I mean, this caught my attention. And so I was just, you know, I just have to throw this one into the mix as well. 
Uh, Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene said in a Sunday TV interview that, like many other Americans, she had gotten sucked into QAnon conspiracy theories that she saw online. Uh, Green appeared on Fox News' Media Buzz on Sunday to discuss the events that unfolded in the House last week as Republicans spent days negotiating to eventually elect Representative Kevin McCarthy of California as Speaker. Green noted that many of the 20 Republican holdouts who eventually came around had requested committee assignments before agreeing to back McCarthy, adding that she, on the other hand, was still not on any committees. Okay. Green noted that many of the 20 Republican holdouts who eventually came around had requested committee assignments before agreeing to back McCarthy. Okay. So, well, hopefully the assignments that they're on are essential. I'm pretty sure they are. Okay. I'm pretty sure that was part of uh, what took so long. The host, Howard Kurtz, said Democrats stripped Green of her committees in 2021 due to statements she made about conspiracy theories and her past support of Q. Well, like a lot of people today, I had easily gotten sucked into some things I had seen on the internet, Green said, but that was dealt with quickly early on. I never campaigned on those things. That was not something I believed in. That's not what I ran for Congress on. So those are so far in the past. Okay. I mean, you know, and I'd... You know, well, I mean, I really couldn't say. I never paid attention to Marjorie Taylor Greene. So, you know, maybe you guys know more than I know about that. Um, oh, uh, what's this? Okay, wait, hold on. This is, oh, guys, okay. Yes, we need to go through all, except for those. Okay, we need to go through all of those. Okay, we're going to go through all of these. Give me a sec. Oh, Lord, really? Okay, yes, we're going through all of these. Hold on. Okay, so uh, let's pass this. Whoa, that's crazy. Let's get that. That's This seems to be an add-on. Okay, it says here, it is unclear how many Americans... Okay, we're going into overtime tonight, maybe 30 minutes. I'm just saying it. Okay, 30 minutes, guys. 10 o'clock. Okay, so it says here, it's unclear how many Americans support the QAnon movement, but various polls have suggested the share of Americans who agree with at least some QAnon beliefs is 20%, while one 21 poll found 30% viewed the movement favorably. Um, I don't know. Oh, Green, like a lot of people today, blah, 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 blah. Shortly after joining Congress, Green was removed from committees because of statements she made about violence against lawmakers and conspiracy theories. Green previously expressed support on her personal Facebook page for assassinating Democrats, including former President Barack Obama and former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. In an old video that resurfaced at the time, Green could be seen harassing a survivor of the Parkland school shooting which she called a false flag operation. Representative Kevin McCarthy, who is the House Minority Leader at the time, said Green had denounced QAnon and she should not be punished for statements she made before being elected to Congress. But insiders Eliza Relman reported that a month after Green was elected, she shared a blog post by Andrew Torba, the CEO of Gab, a far-right social working and that defended QAnon followers with Torba saying he had seen no conspiracy theories shared by the community. 
A representative for Green did not immediately respond to Insider's request for comment. Okay, so is that the long and short of it? Okay, it uh, looks like there's a lot more gold in them thar heels, though, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you know, there are some videos I've been meaning to review in regards to what happened in um, uh, in this event over here that they're talking about. Oh wait, no, 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 that's the part I'm thinking. I'm thinking of this event, ladies and gentlemen. This one. So who is on the screen here? Speaking of central casting, who do we have on the screen here? Speaking of central casting. Well, if it isn't Nick Dick Fuentes, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's see here. We also have President Trump and we have Marjorie Taylor Greene and Representative Gosar. Hmm, very interesting. So let's go through this photo reel, ladies and gentlemen. Let's see what this, uh, where, what are we looking at? This MSN uh, affiliate, uh, you know, uh, aggregated art, uh, article has to say. It says, uh, Nick Fuentes is well known as a white supremacist and anti-Semite. What, what he is not known as is an operative who is there to make an easy target. I've been saying this since the summertime. Who's there to make an easy target for America first, make America great again, Republic restorationists and supporters of Donald Trump, which is quite interesting because he does not seem to like the friends of Donald Trump, you know. He used to like, when was this back when I was scoping out who this dude was? And, you know, right away, I was like, I smell a rat, especially, and we'll get to this in a minute, after what he did in Arizona. I mean, he split the house in Arizona, ladies and gentlemen, and he managed to get a senator censored. Okay. Big deal. Big deal. Okay. And so uh, I'm sure he made a lot of money on that hit too. Okay, that is his job. That he is an operation. That is an operative. Okay, that is what Nick Fuentes is. Anyone in his orbit is most likely an operative as well. All right. And that's just plain Jane on the face what I see when I look at it. Okay, can I give you the receipts to prove it? No. But some Frenchman, you know, gave him like some millions and millions of dollars when he committed suicide. So I don't know if that was, you know, because when you think about it, you know, uh, operations like these, like, you know, having your own show and being an influencer is a great way to launder money, ladies and gentlemen. It's a great way to launder money. He's got money flowing up the wazoo with all these people. Like I said, some guy committed suicide in France and gave uh, Nick Fuentes millions of dollars because he believed in his movement in America. I'm pretty sure there was a little hanky-panky there, right? No, just kidding. I'm just playing. I don't know that Nick Fuentes has ever been to France, okay? So, I mean, I don't know much about this guy other than the trash I see coming out of his mouth, okay? And and, and the articles that so happen to populate my desk every now and then. Um, but, you know, getting back to the, to the Lil Booger, okay? Getting back to the Lil Booger, um, Nick Fuentes... Okay, is well known as a white supremacist. Again, he's an easy target. That's what he's there for. Okay, that is what he is there for. And uh, speaking of President Trump, because if President Trump had known what Nick Fuentes says about President Trump's friends, he never would have let him have dinner with him. Now, as I was about to share this little anecdote, when I was first scoping out Nick Fuentes, and that you know lasted, I mean, I I could look him for a few days, and I already and I was like, okay, I don't need to listen to this guy anymore. It doesn't really matter what's coming out of his mouth. He's just there to uh, to uh, to um, hijack the youth. And right, and and to just create a, a, a fake opposition to other entities in Arizona, 
okay? And and they're supposed to control the um, the moderate Republicans of the future, the conservative youth, and then the radical conservative youth, the right-wing extremists. And of course, Nick Fuentes is poisoning all their minds Okay, with this whole racist angle that he goes on, all right, poisoning all of their minds. He doesn't talk about, you know, uh, critical race theory as a good thing, but, you know, he definitely provides a space for that other angle, the ones that will fight with the BLMers, right? I forget what kind of the gapers, I don't know what they're called. Anyways, okay, so as I was saying, back in the day when I was scoping this dude out, okay, he was saying, like, one of them was against Wayne Allen Root. And I'll be honest with you guys, I had never seen an image, a photograph of Wayne Allen Root, okay? And he was calling him the N-word left and right, so much so that I literally thought Wayne Allen Root was a black American, okay? <laughs> I was, and then when I saw Wayne Allen Root, I was like, he's not black. Like, why is that guy calling him the N-word? I'm talking about Nick Fuentes. You know, like, you can go back and watch those episodes. I mean, the guy just, me, 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 you know? And it's like, how does anyone think this guy is on? And it's because he's supposed to be like, what? The non-conventional, unconventional, radical, like, right-wing extreme. He's literally providing that space for these people to attack America first Republic restorationists that want to make America great. Again, that's all he has ever been. He has been a barnacle target that is meant to latch on and create proximity to individuals, to presidents like Donald Trump, to ruin the movement, to create a landscape wherein the mainstream, lamestream, shamestream, mockingbird, fake news propaganda media can run amok, 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 with all of these stories of white nationalists in the Trump circle. And all conservatives are just like Nick Fuentes, who has a Spanish last name, but yet he's all about the white people. Anyways, guys, let's read the article. White nationalist Nick Fuentes has associated with several Make America Great Again stars who claim they don't know him. Again, proximity, ladies and gentlemen. It's all about proximity. Once I saw what he did in Arizona, I knew exactly what this guy was all about. Fuentes has spent time with Donald Trump, Representatives Marjorie Taylor Greene, and Paul Gosar, among others. GOP leaders like Kevin McCarthy and Mitt Romney have had him in their closet. I mean, <clears throat> GOP leaders like Kevin McCarthy and Mitt Romney have urged others to stay away from Fuentes. Conservative firebrand Nick Fuentes has had dinner with posed for pictures alongside and welcomed on stage at least a half dozen Republicans since becoming a star of the white nationalist movement. Interactions with the America First Foundation leader have also prompted GOP politicians to deny knowing who Fuentes is and what he stands for. In battle, you know why? It's probably because he's offering them money and they're like, oh, sure, I'll take a thousand dollars. Oh, crap. This guy's a white nationalist. And you see why we need to get money out of politics? Because it's good for setting traps as well, ladies and gentlemen. Embattled former president, their words, not mine. Donald Trump is currently trying to distance himself from Fuentes following a Thanksgiving holiday sit down at Mar-a-Lago that included the rapper Kanye West, formerly known as a piece of crap. 
The Anti-Defamation League describes Fuentes as a white supremacist, anti-Semite, and 2020 election denier. You see that, guys? And they can put this tag and label on Fuentes, and now they can put this tag and label on every single America First, Make America Great Again, Republic Restorationist Trump supporter, who seeks to forge a white nationalist alternative to the mainstream GOP. Fuentes, who has been similarly decried by the Department of Justice and Simon Weisenthal Center, also founded the far-right America First Political Action Conference. You guys get it now? You guys get it? Uh, that was in 2020, and it was an alternative to the Conservative Political Action Conference. MSNB, and you know, and it sounds good. So people like Wendy Rogers and all of them are going to go over there. You know, and they are going to speak at this America First political action conference. And that's exactly the event I'm talking about whenever uh, he split the house. When he broke the house of Arizona, Nick Fuentes broke it, ladies and gentlemen. He broke their house, okay? MSNBC, and I don't think I'm giving him uh, too much credit. When you have two of the strongest the strongest purveyors of election integrity then going head to head and fighting with each other. America first election integrity patriots went to battle because of what Nick Fuentes did in Arizona, or I should say at this political action conference. Okay. Uh, anyhow, anyhow, let's get back to this. Okay. So it says here, I don't care what Rachel Maudow said. Rachel Maddow, who is that? Anyways, okay. Uh, Fuentes said, the white people got to make the right decision and then Trump's got to get in there and never leave. It's time to shut up, elect Trump one more time and then stop having elections. Who takes this guy serious except for all of the youth, okay? All of the 25 and under, you know? All of the ones who are confused about their gender or who are way opposed to it. I mean, you guys don't really understand that when we're talking about all of the gender bending crap that they are putting into our children these days, it is creating an opposite and violent segment of our youth. I see them out there on the apps and in the stream saying things like, if you're someone who's uh, not sure about your gender, I'm going to kill you. You just need to die. Like kids are using that language. So here's another aspect that America does not even see yet. And it's on the horizon. Okay. It's on the horizon. We have an extremely violent segment of our youth that are repelling all of these gender bending ideas. And I'm sure a lot of trigger happy America people are, yeah, yeah. no guys, it's not like that. It's not like, yes, they're rebuking all the people who are confused about gender and want to use pronouns. No, these people are like, if you use the pronoun, you need to die. And they're kids, okay? They're kids who are saying this stuff, guys. It's not the teenage, yeah, it's the teenagers in high school. It's pretty extreme, guys. And the gay ones are worse. Yeah, I'm telling you guys, like, you guys don't, this stuff is on the horizon. And he is fomenting that. Nick Fuentes is, and he's providing that space for that to grow. And I probably sound to, to someone like him. I probably sound like, I don't know, right wing watch. No, 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 no. I'm fake Patriot watch. No, just I told you guys, I cannot put my energy into watching fake Patriot. I'm just telling you what I see in my analysis guys. And uh, isn't it interesting that this was an article about Marjorie Taylor green and they snuck this booger into here. 
I mean, this had nothing to do with Nick Fuentes or, you know, and I'm interested in what these other pictures are going to say. She mentions QAnon, right? That's what this article was supposed to be about. And look at this. This is more, this one caption for this photo has more information than this entire Marjorie Taylor Greene article. Isn't that interesting, right? Isn't that interesting? Yeah, and I wonder if he gets paid every time he makes the presses. And I wonder if he gets paid every time he gets into events or onto people's shows, right? Because kind of that's like a currency exchange. Get on the show, see what you can do, you know? So, uh, you know, just some food for thought, right? So uh, that's what he says. It says here, I don't think it's a good idea for a leader that's setting an example for the country or the party to meet with an avowed racist or anti-Semite outgoing Arkansas governor, Asa Hutchinson, told CNN. Here are the elected officials who've taken heat for entering Fuentes' orbit. It's his job. He's an operative. Okay, this is what he gets paid for. All right, this is why he exists. You know, he could probably care. I've seen the way he ran. He Well, I'm not seen, but I saw the way he ran his show. And I was like, this dude don't care. <laughs> this dude does not care. You know, he just like, he probably doesn't even want to be here anymore. He probably didn't think he'd be doing it this long, you know? So anyways, let's see what else is on here. Okay, so President Trump. And it's going to be all about a yay-yo, stupid yo-yo head. Uh, it says here, uh, he gets me, Trump reportedly said Tuesday, as Fuentes flattered the former president 2016 campaign and his in-your-face messaging. I gotta say, if President Trump knew the way that Nick Fuentes talks about someone like Wayne Allen Root, he never would have allowed him on the property. Okay. And how can someone, unless you're an operative, sit there and say such things to a president knowing that he has attacked everyone in President Trump's circle? You know, how can how can he and, and anyone that anyone that supports him, he's attacked, you know? So I don't I don't understand how the, that guy must have no conscience, you know, to be able to sit there and do that. But you know what? He's an operative. It's his job. Okay. And you see, now they have this article on it, right? Like I said, proximity to give the uh, mainstream, lamestream, shamestream, lying, propaganda, fake news, media, legacy presses, to give them something to talk about, right? To keep them full of ammunition, okay? That is Nick Fuentes' job. A stop the steal rally attendee who's been subpoenaed by the White House Select Committee investigating the deadly siege at the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021, Fuentes to also told Trump that he was part of the otherwise unflappable Make America Great Again base that's disappointed by Trump's inaction on behalf of the insurrectionists charged in the riot. Yeah, because they want to loop him in there. They want to loop President Trump into their defense because that was their job. OK, their job was to create proximity to President Trump so that the J6 committee could bring him in because these fake patriots who are all operatives, some of them for a longer time, a longer time than Nick Fuentes. Some of them don't even have popular shows like Nick Fuentes, but they hang out with Carl Rove in the closet. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what I'm talking about. A stop the steal rally attendee. Hmm. Interesting. Trump, who has floated Trump, who has floated pardoning Capitol rioters if he's elected again, blamed the standoffishness on advisors pushing him to be more presidential, Axios reported. 
Since then, Trump has sought to downplay the radioactive encounter, writing on his social media platform, Truth Social, that he did not know Nick Fuentes. If he did, Fuentes would never have been there and present. The attempted damage control has not satisfied Republicans who want the party to rid itself of the polarizing former president, their words, not minds, once and for all. It's incumbent upon the Republican establishment, what's left of it, to stamp this kind of element from within the GOP once and for all, says former Representative Charlie Dent. One time, Trump, oh, one time Trump ally and possible 2024 presidential contender, Chris Christie, said the Fuentes meeting should be disqualifying because that is Fuentes's job. This is just another example of an awful lack of judgment from Donald Trump. It made it easy for Chris Christie to say that about Donald Trump. You know, uh, Nick Fuentes made it easy for Chris Christie. Nick Fuentes made it easy for Chris Christie. Yeah. Which, combined with his past poor judgments, make him an untenable general election candidate for the Republican Party in 2024, said the former governor of New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Who's next? Paul Gosar. Okay. A lot of influence operations run out of Arizona and Texas, guys. I mean, they're all over the nation and all over the world, I'm sure. But the ones that are really coming down on America first and actually restoring this republic, even the good guys have them. And I don't know, they're all based in Arizona, it seems like, but there are a few of them in Texas. Okay, what's this say about Paul Gosar? The Arizona Republican has been heavily criticized for mingling with Fuentes. Gosar spoke at uh, an America first political action conference event in 2021, denied being involved in a planned 2021 fundraiser that upset GOP leaders. And then, um, let's see. And then a sent a pre-recorded message to a 2022 America first political action conference event that was later blamed on a miscommunication with his congressional staff. Republican Senator Mittens Romney of Utah called Gosar and fellow AF blah, 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 participant Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia morons for getting involved with Fuentes. There's no place in either political party for this white nationalism or racism. The 2012 GOP presidential failed GOP presidential nominee told CNN in February, adding it's simply wrong. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy chastised Gosar for the 2022 incident, calling it appalling and wrong. The party should not be associated anytime, any place with somebody who is anti-Semitic, McCarthy said. So, you know, on first reading, and if you're new to the show, you're going to be like, well, why is this guy who's America first agreeing with Mitt Romney and with McCarthy, who are known establishment rhinos, you know? Uh, because that's the point, all right? They want to, they, they are creating buffers and insulation, ladies and gentlemen, with these characters who are not so random and so rogue as so much uh, intentional and placed, okay? So, you know, it's exactly, and then that's going to scare people away from Trump and it's going to scare moderates and middle of the road and, and they want to say independence, but I, I really don't see independence as getting involved in drama like this. Okay. I think they would not even look at stuff like this, but uh, for y'all's sake, I will, you know, so uh, 
that is what it is provide that's what that's what the point of this is this is this is an iia meets real world influence and psychological operation america first with nick fuentes that's what that is okay anyways okay moving up to this let's see who's next on the chopping block and by the way just because these people were associated with nick fuentes obviously they're not on my chopping block, okay? All right, let's see what else we got going on. So Marjorie Taylor Greene, okay, because there's actually some new developments coming in with this. Hold on. Okay, so it says here, the far-right conspiracy theorist from Georgia claims she knew nothing about Fuentes or his views when she decided to speak at his event in February of 2022. I'm not aligned with anything that may be controversial, Green told CBS News in an interview a day after the conference. She attended the event to address his very large following, describing them as very young. It's a generation I'm extremely concerned about, she said. I went to talk to them about America First policies, and I talked to them about what's important for our country going forward. When a reporter said Fuentes is a white nationalist, Green responded, I do not endorse those views. Last week, Green on Twitter appeared to address Fuentes' concerns about the January 6th defendants, saying anyone who claims Trump is doing nothing for them is either lying, clueless, or wants to hurt him. Good girl. No disrespect. But th those are strong answers to these otherwise accusatory questions, right? Strong answers on Marjorie Taylor Greene's part. Taylor Green says, I've been to a lot of rallies this year, and I've heard him say he will pardon J6 defendants multiple times, tweeted Green, who has visited the accused rioters in jail. I have not heard any other potential 2024 presidential candidate say that yet. So she basically turned down all of those uh, attacks, not turned down, but, you know, well defended. Ah, where are we going? I'm not here to buy shoes. Go away. Okay. Sorry, guys. They snuck an ad in there. All right. Who do we got next? Representative Steve King. I honestly don't know who this is. The polarizing Iowa Republican had already been punished for espousing white supremacist rhetoric before finding his way to Fuentes. McCarthy stripped King of his commitment committee assignments in 2019 following a troubling interview with the New York Times. King, who lost his 2020 re-election bid after years of questionable, be questionable behavior, said he felt like he was being targeted by a political lynch mob. King spoke at um, the event in 2021 gathering and posed for a picture with Fuentes, Gosar, and other attendees. So yeah, they don't really go too much into Steve King. Okay, and then uh, who's that? Oh, it's Janice, it's Janice McGeechan. My bad. Oh, yeah, I remember her too. Okay, McGeechan made a video appearance in the event in 2022 in February and thanked those in attendance for joining our efforts. When later confronted about her appearance by a Boise News reporter, she said she did not know Fuentes and never met him. She also blamed the media. The mainstream media, you do this to conservatives all the time, but you don't do it to yourself, she told the KTB, KTVB7 reporter. That's every time. Anytime there's any kind of affiliation with anybody at any time on any stage there, that we are all guilty by association. Trust me, McGeechan, I know how that feels. And it's not. It's not appropriate. 
The reporter later asked whether McGeechan would have said yes to the group if she had known who Fuentes was. Well, again, this movement is so much bigger than one individual. Who cares what Nick Fuentes has to say? Go Janice! Go Jan! I like Janice McGeechan. Anyways, she says, who cares? There's thousands and thousands of young conservatives all across the country that are very concerned about what's happening to our country. In a statement responding to calls for her resignation, McGeechan called America First policies vital, but also said she does not support uh, identity politics or other discriminatory views. McGeechan, Idaho's first female lieutenant governor, was backed by Trump and beaten decisively in her primary challenge against the incumbent governor, Brad Little. It was the first time since 19... 19- 38 that a sitting governor had been challenged by a lieutenant governor of the same party, according to the Idaho press. McGeechan, who made election integrity part of her platform, is now facing scrutiny for issuing partisan messages in her official state office newsletter at taxpayers' expense ahead of November elections. Figures. I didn't even know that that was something that was going on in there, guys, with her. Figures, figures, figures. Okay. You you see, isn't this interesting how this article was about Marjorie Taylor Greene rebuking QAnon and it went into this instead. Okay. It went into this instead. Man, Nick Fuentes, he's got a pretty good PR, right? He's got a good uh, uh, um, publicist. (laughs) And alas, here we are, Senator Wendy Rogers. All right, guys, you, if you guys remember the episode where this happened, I was pissed. I was irate. I was irate. Wendy Rogers embraced Fuentes during her AFPAC speech as someone she truly respects, calling him the most persecuted man in America. Now, as you may recall, during that speech... I was like, who wrote this for Senator Rogers? Who wrote this? Because she said the name Nick Fuentes like 20 times, okay? And and then to say he's the most persecuted man in America, everyone knows that's Alex Jones, okay? And I'm surprised Alex Jones didn't call him out on it when him and Yayo Head were on his show sporting their Balenciaga masks and uh, making a fool of themselves. You know, I'm surprised. I'm quite surprised, you know, because uh, I'm sorry, Senator Rogers, but Alex Jones is the most... <laughs> He's the most censored man in America, not Nick Fuentes. What did Nick Fuentes lose? His Cash App account? His PayPal account? I mean, I get it. I get it. But come on. And you guys know how I feel about Alex Jones. So for me to put, you know, for me to defend the man, okay, I'm just saying, all right? So I'm pretty sure someone wrote that speech for Wendy Rogers. It says, Nick and the other patriots in attendance at this conference, please keep doing what you're doing. I admire you and I so appreciate how you never give up. We need more strong Americans like you. Rogers later posted an image of herself on her Gab and Telegram accounts pictured with Fuentes and Gab founder Andrew Torba behind a dead dead rhinoceros branded with the Conservative Political Action Committee conference logo and a Jewish Star of David. The Arizona Senate censored her for violent rhetoric, but did not address anti-Semitism or white nationalism in its motion. Okay, so that's where I'm talking about. That's where Nick Fuentes broke the Arizona House. And then he had uh, he had a Senator Rogers and another going at it with each other. Kelly Townsend right here. Kelly Townsend, 
Okay, these were two of the strongest, if not the strongest, election integrity patriots in the state of Arizona. Wendy Rogers and Kelly Townsend moved mountains with the help of their constituents, ladies and gentlemen. They moved mountains. And because of Nick Fuentes, they were pitted against each other. They split the house. I was like, this dude probably made a cool mill off of what he did in Arizona with that operation. Okay. And that was the point. And then look, it provided all of this article hidden within an article about Marjorie Taylor Greene and QAnon. And it has nothing to do with the article. It's all about Nick Fuentes. Okay. I mean, this is another political hit. It's another job, guys. So it says here, Rogers was endorsed by Trump. One re-election in November after prevailing against a GOP primary opponent who made Rogers' ties to Fuentes a key issue. State Senator Kelly Townsend, an ultra-conservative who challenged Rogers, told Insider that she was horrified after watching a compilation video about Fuentes and she pleaded with Rogers to denounce, denounce him. Townsend also criticized Trump. If he's unwilling to speak out against Nick Fuentes, then why would I want an endorsement from somebody who cannot do that, she told the Insider. Let me tell you why, Ms. Townsend. It's because uh, Trump did not know what Fuentes was saying about his friends. <laughs> okay? I'm telling you, okay, the man, wait, if you can call him that, <laughs> the boy, the boy is an operative, okay? The boy is a bona fide operative. Oh, there we go again. Oh, man, you guys are probably wondering, what the heck is this show really about today, Mr. C? Okay. <laughs> what is this show really about today, Mr. C? Well, here we have on the screen, okay, Nick Fuentes, Alex Jones, and uh, the Moon Man from the McDonald's commercials. Just kidding. Okay. Uh, that is Ali Alexander Akbar. Mm-hmm. That is, hmm, I don't know. Just so you guys can remember the faces, okay? Just so you guys can remember the faces, right? I, I just want you guys to look long, deep enough. We're not even talking about Alex Jones tonight, guys. Nick Fuentes opened up a can of worms here, right? Nick Fuentes opened up a can of worms here, ladies and gentlemen, because America is awake, all right? Because America is awake. So let's talk. Let's wrap, shall we? Let's wrap. For those of you joining us tonight, I hope you're still having a great time. All right. Hope you're having a great time tonight. We're in overdrive. You're going to have to give me 15 more minutes, guys. I said I was not going to do a three-hour show. You know what? Screw it. We're going for three hours. All right. Three hours. If you got to go to bed, catch the replay tomorrow. I'm sure much of this topic may not be so stalwart with importance to many individuals out there, but to some it will be. To some, it will be. Okay. Where is this going to take me? Why do I have this picture here? Let me look. Oh, because Twitter and central casting, and this was, this was brought up. When I saw this, I was like, oh, at some point we'll get to this, right? Uh, this is from, I'm at some point, two days ago. Founder of Stop the Steal, Ali Alexander Akbar's Twitter account gets reinstated. Okay. Gets reinstated. Like, you know, I'm sorry. I'd rather go after rhinos. I'd rather go after people with a voting record. 
okay? Not like the fake patriots like this, okay? <laughs> Did I say he was a fake patriot? Whoops. <laughs> I mean, for those of you who know, I've I've mentioned Ali Alexander Akbar, and he's in the same uh, network, and he's in the same uh, presence as someone like Nick Fuentes. Remember, Nick Fuentes is a Stop the Steal attendee. In fact, I'm pretty sure I saw him in Washington, D.C. on January 6th, standing on that thing with the bullhorn, right? With his entourage all in suits and ties and sunglasses, looking like Joe Cool America, right? I mean, I'm pretty sure that was them who were saying, go to the Capitol, go to the Capitol on the little thing. I mean, I mean, who else? It might have been Milo Yiannopoulos. You know, and if there was a yo-yo head over there with a black bag and Balenciaga mouth guard, it might have been yayo head too. You know, he might. No, just kidding. He wasn't there. They had another clown for that event. His name was QAnon Shaman, right? Okay. Anyways, so uh, <clears throat> there's a point to all of this, guys. I'm sure there is somewhere a point. All right. Oh, what is that article again about central casting? Okay. Proximity even. Anyways, let's just read this article. I have not read this article, so I'm pretty interested to know in what light the Gateway Pundit paints this picture. They, you know, anyways. Okay, so uh, getting to the article, it says here, after being banned from Twitter for over two years, the person who hijacked the Stop the Steal movement, Ali Alexander, has been reinstated. Now, why do I say that? Because it's true, okay? Uh, we've talked about that. I showed you guys a documentary on it as well. Um, from, uh, what was the name of that outfit? It was a really good document. It was extremely, it was, it had a lot of information, uh, thought, thought crimes, thought criminals, thought crimes. I think they're on YouTube. They're on rumble. Look it up guys. Um, in case you guys missed that documentary on Ali Alexander and how he's been involved in the Republican party for, for as long as I guess he's had a political career. I mean, this is Carl Rove's Callboy. Okay. Do I have the receipts to prove it? Someone does. Apparently someone has video footage out there of Carl. Well, I don't know if it's with him and Carl Rove, but these are one of the people I'm saying that Carl Rove is hiding in the closet with there in Texas. So you know what? I got something to say, okay? Because Carl Rove is palling around with Dade Phelan, the Speaker of the House who just got appointed again by sellout traders in our capital, okay? Including the communist Democrats. And they both want to relitigate on, uh, on, um, you know, on abortion. Yeah, I would not be surprised if Carl Rove and maybe even this Akbar guy are like, you know, in bed with Dade Phelan. I mean, it could be literal, but I don't know. I don't know these people that personally. Okay, it could be. All right, it could be. Alexander was originally banned by Twitter's far left moderation shortly after protests erupted at the Capitol on January sixth. Besides being banned from Twitter, Ali has been banned by Facebook, PayPal, Cash App, Instagram, and many other big tech companies, right? So maybe now Ali Alexander and Nick Fuentes can uh, uh, pull their peepees out and they can uh, have a sword fight over who's the most persecuted individual in the United States of America, right? Oh, wait, wait, wait. Did I forget? Look at guys. That's actually perfect. They can all pull their PPs out and uh, play sword fight over who the most persecuted individual is in the United States of America. Alex Jones, Ali Akbar, and little booger Nick Fuentes. Okay. Oh, this is so good. Okay. Let's keep on going, guys. Okay. I bet you the influencers are not taking any notes on this segment. Anyways. Okay. <laughs> let's keep on going. Okay. Uh, the last tweet Akbar wrote before getting banned was a tweet about the death of Ashley Babbitt. Uh, 
Although the timing of getting unbanned was unknown, the ban itself was inevitable, according to Akbar. In December, on a live broadcast, Ali Akbar stated he talked to Mr. Musk and would go on to say he would be back on Twitter soon. Who's this? Alex Kaplan. I don't know who that is. Stop the Steal organizer Akbar has now been reinstated on Twitter just weeks after he claimed he spoke with Twitter owner Mr. Musk and would be back on Twitter soon. Good for you. Okay. Ali has yet to tweet since getting unbanned, but on Telegram, he posted a voice message and stated, Welcome back to Twitter, but I'm at lunch and busy, so I will tweet eventually today. God bless you. Okay, so interesting. So why did I say that Ali Akbar stole um, or hijacked the Stop the Steal movement? Because it was created by Women for Trump. Okay. And uh, receipts show that um, someone who was working with them who had the uh, permits to do a rally in Washington, D.C. on January 6th betrayed them and went with Ali. And then they set up their own event and it was Stop the Steal. And, you know, and I actually went to that website that was run by Akbar or whomever's on his team, you know. And yeah, yeah. When you tried to donate to Stop the Steal, it went directly to his cash app account or his bank account. It said Akbar, Ali Akbar on it. You know, I mean, so I was like, that's not Stop the Steal. You want to try and pay for me for you and Owen Schroyer to have a bedroom together in Washington, D.C. on January the 6th? I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, but Owen Troyer's a man, right? Okay, all right. I don't care. I don't care what they do in their bedroom, guys. Just keep me out of it, okay? Stop the steel scoundrel. Ali Akbar reinstated to Twitter day after praising Brazilian riot. Central casting. Something tells me that maybe this guy might also be there to create a palpable barnacle target onto anyone associated with Trump. But there's a little bit more, it seems to me, going on here with someone like Akbar. And uh, that might be in trying to actually bring down President Trump himself. I could be wrong. But let's look at some articles and see what it says. So uh, now he's talking about the Brazilian riot. Okay, and this is from Rolling Stone. So, you know, we'll take it with a grain of salt, but this is what their jobs are to create that environment of ammunition to attack. Right. So it says here, the timing could hardly be more troubling following the two year anniversary of the J6 insurrection and just hours after copycat rioting in Brazil that he cheered on. Ali Akbar Alexander has been reinstated to Twitter. God, the left is reeling over this, right? But that this guy's like on their side, okay? Oh, you know, I take it back because I don't know that he's on their side. I think he's on the side of rhino establishment public Republicans. I think he is a member of the swamp. I think he is there doing their bidding, okay? Just like Nick Fuentes, I would not trust any operations with this man. And you know that this guy, I had no idea. I had stopped listening to InfoWars and Alex Jones by the time this guy came onto the scene. But for all of you people out there that still watch Alex Jones and say, Alex Jones was right, you know who the hell Ali Akbar is. You've seen that overbite before, okay? Let's not get it twisted. Don't go forgetting, oh, I don't know who Ali Akbar is. Oh, yeah, you do. 
You guys watch Alex Jones every day. Of course, you know who Ali Akbar is. And, you know, and maybe he's the one who corrupted Jones. Maybe he's the one who uh, got him into his little blackmail scheme. You know, I mean, I don't know for a fact, but what I've heard around the water cooler is that he runs blackmail operations. Akbar does like hardcore blackmail operations. Right. That's why he's in bed with Carl. I mean, that's why Carl Rove's in the closet with him. OK. Anyways, I mean, is, is anyways. Okay. Never mind. Okay. Never mind about that trash part. Okay. So, uh, Alexander is an acolyte of Roger Stone. Oh, anyways, the political dirty trickster and Trump pardoned felon. Uh, yeah, I mean, I did uh, not uh, felon. That means nothing to me. Okay. You know, I say, don't trust anyone who's never been to jail. So, you know what, you know, <laughs> And an ally of Trump himself. Is Ali Alexander Akbar an ally of Trump just because he took a picture with him? I wonder. If uh, Ali Alexander Akbar showed up to dinner like Yayo and uh, Nick Fuentes did, would Trump know who he is? Something tells me maybe, probably not. But I don't know that for sure, but I just, I don't see it in the cards, you know? He was a key... Uh, organizer of the big lie promoting stop the steel rallies in the aftermath of the 2020 presidential election and was instrumental in drawing massive crowds to Washington, D.C. on the day of the January 6th insurrection. Oh, oh, was he part of trying to get the crowd to go into the Capitol? Me wonders. Me wonders. Uh, let's see. In advance of January 6th, he tweeted incendiary rhetoric, including 1776 is always an option, and warned that if efforts to challenge the electoral college vote count were stymied in Congress, everyone can guess what me and 500,000 others will do to that building. Boy, you know, I, I you know. I got to say, guys, this sounds like something that the media needs in order to push the narrative that Stop the Steal in proximity to Trump was going to go and riot at the Capitol. That sounds like the perfect alibi for making a riot. The perfect excuse is for perfect reason. OK, they this has created that. All right. His speech is, you know, I couldn't I cannot stand listening to his man. And it's not because of his overbitey lisp. OK, it's because when I listen to him, I hear lies and deception. And I'm like, all of these people that listen to him, is your gut broken? I mean, like, do you not have any sense of like, uh, what is that word that we like to use? Discernment. I mean, you don't hear it. You don't feel it. Like every time I hear him, I'm like, this guy is just a ball of lies. You know what I mean? Like it's, you know, it's worse than that. It's like a very deep rooted deception because this guy knows that he has power because of apparently because he, he runs blackmail operations. That's what I've heard. Can't prove it. I'm just saying that's what I've heard. Okay. You know, he runs block blackmail operations. That is what I've heard. Okay. 500,000. So, and then now he's saying, you know what we're going to do to that building? Really? And was he only expecting 500,000 people to show up or what? <laughs> the day before the riot, he led a DC crowd in a chant of victory or death. You know, I have an interesting story about that, you know, because it's come to my attention that some people have noticed that sometimes I'm 
a little late, right? Sometimes I, my, I run late, right? I, I'm never here on time, right? I mean, I've been doing so, so go, I think I've been doing good so far this year, okay? Uh, but, you know, uh, it's like uh, when I went to Austin yesterday, right? Make sure you set your clock, make sure you get rest, make sure you wake up on time because you're always running late. Oh, wait. Some For some reason, every time I've run late, it's been in my favor. You know, if I had been on time to Washington, D.C. on January 6th, I woke up late. I missed my plane by four hours. <laughs> I missed my plane by four hours. But had I been there on time, I would have been in D.C. in time to attend that rally. And there's no telling what life would have been like after that for me ladies and gentlemen. But by God's graces, I drank a little bit too much the night before and I woke up late, got to Washington, D.C. six hours later than I was supposed to. The rally was done basically by the time I got there. I was tired. I wanted to go relax and attempt to because and then all of the all of these services in the hotel were shutting down by like six because it was still COVID back then, guys. So, uh, yeah, there's that. And so I was like, well, by the time I get down to the rally, even to like cover it in live stream or whatever, because I was working with a, another outfit then. Right. I wasn't on the sea report doing my own thing then. You know, I was like, OK, well, no, I'm tired. The guys will understand. I mean, tomorrow's the event. This is just like a pre event. That would have been interesting, you know, to have seen all the people there. All of these people who are in this like. Central casting type of thing, right? Like all of these operatives. All of these operatives. I mean, life might have been very different for me if I'd actually been on time for a change. And I'm kind of glad I wasn't. Okay. <laughs> Probably I already suffer enough guilt by association, right? I don't need to be associated with the likes of Ali Alexander, Akbar, and Nick Fuentes. Oh, hell no. Okay. <laughs> Okay, back to the article. In the aftermath of the violence, Alexander deflected responsibility, insisting he did not deserve an iota of blame and arguing, I did not incite anything. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. There's probably footage out there. But he was permanently suspended on Twitter on January 10, 2021. In a pinned Truth Social post, Akbar now takes credit as the main organizer of the J6 protests, the January 6th protests that he conspiratorially alleges were hijacked by dark elements of the deep state. Alexander has faced no criminal repercussions for his role in January 6th, but he is centrality. He, but his, oh, but he is, but his centrality to the events of that day is reflected in the fact that his name appears more than 100 times in the final report of the January 6th committee, which highlights how he is an operative, a tool for the left and the establishment to use him against make America great again, save America, America first, Republic restorationist, Trump supporting Americans. And that has been his deal, at least for this portion of his career. Okay. At least for this portion of his career. Like he said in the video, I want to produce and act. And so he did, ladies and gentlemen. Is he central casting? I mean, if you ask me, ladies and gentlemen, 
The only look of central casting he has to me is Antifa. Like he looks like central casting Antifa. And I'm not talking about his underbite or whatever. I keep saying overbite. It's actually an underbite, right? Overbites when the one on top is too big, right? Well, this is an underbite, right? <laughs> How those people in the GOP caucus, caucus, caucus can let him get that close to them, I don't know. <laughs> he doesn't have a central casting look to me. Unless it's for Antifa, but I don't know. I'm just saying, guys. Okay, so let's get back to this other article. Look at all these other articles I got. Are we done yet? Okay, so <laughs> there's no evidence that Akbar has toned down his explosive rhetoric. Oh, wait, did I finish reading that part? We need to make sure we get all of this in. Okay, we need to make sure we get all of this in. Also, it could be let the record reflect. Okay, so uh, let's see here. Okay, so it says here, um, Akbar has faced no criminal repercussions for his role in Jan 6, but his centrality to the events, which is his job of that day, is reflected in the fact that his name appears more than 100 times in the final report of the J6 committee, which highlights his call for the president's loyalists to transform Washington, D.C. into Fort Trump. Spoken like a, two, a true gay ass, right? Okay, Fort Trump, Fort Trump, let's make a Fort Trump and Trump world. Who talks like that? You know, well, I know who talks like that. The woke ones in the MSM, they say Trump world. I'm surprised that Fort Trump didn't take off. But you know what? It was probably kind of like, uh, it's probably like one of those things, right? Felt, oh, what was that? Fetch, right? Sorry, Akbar. Fort Trump's just not going to take off just like Fetch. Okay. So anyways, um, the transcript of Alexander's deposition by the committee can be found here. Oh, I wonder if this link is still, we're not going to read it, guys. This is for my own personal reading later on on the toilet. Okay. <laughs> that's what that's for okay now i will say this okay it's all about proximity i wouldn't trust anyone that hangs out with this guy i wouldn't okay i would not trust anyone just like i would not with anyone with mick fuentes i would keep these guys i would not touch these guys with a 100 foot pole i would not look at these guys with a 40,000 foot view guys i would i would stare clear of these individuals these people are here to create ammunition against Trump. And you know who else that these people are meant to assist? We we read about it in Nick Fuentes's article, okay? It wasn't even a Marjorie Taylor Greene article. It was a Nick Fuentes article, okay? Who was going after them? Mitt Romney, right? Establishment rhinos. It's meant to give the moderates and the real rhino rhinocery an excuse to withdraw their support for Trump and make an excuse to their constituents and their voters who are probably still Trump supporters that it's okay because Trump associates with uh, right wing racist white supremacist extremists. Okay. And Ali Akbar who does stop the steal, who is a proponent of the big lie, who Trump did not denounce, and who this article claims is a friend of Trump's because there's a photograph that exists with the two together. Okay. So anyways, uh, the article continues. There's no evidence that Alexander has toned down his explosive rhetoric. In fact, his reinstatement to Twitter follows just hours after his cheering of this weekend's riot in Brazil. Okay, was there a riot? What kind of a riot was it? I mean, we've covered what it was, guys. 
We've covered what it was. Now, the MSM, the fake news media, is trying to make it sound like it was a J6 riot. I mean, it didn't even happen during the week, okay? It was on the weekend. There was not even anyone there, right? And the situation that's going on in Brazil is, uh, it's, 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 it's around elections, but it's slightly different. You have a Supreme Court justice who is basically pushing his weight around down there, and the people see it and are tired of it. So, you know, where there's a fire, where there's smoke, there's a fire. And, uh, you know, what Alexandre de Moraes is doing in Brazil, coupled with the fake elections that have taken away a beloved president from the people of Brazil, it's really not the same as what happened in January 6th. It's really not the same, okay? But it doesn't matter. Ali Akbar is not going to tell you about that, okay? He's going to tell you, yes, we're the Trump of the tropics, blah, 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 right? So it says here, uh, just hours after his cheering of the weekend's riot in Brazil, where thousands of backers of defeated President Jair Trump of the Tropics Bolsonaro broke into and desecrated federal buildings in Brasilia in a direct replay of the January 6th playbook. So now he's also made a target of President Bolsonaro. This Ali Akbar has for the fake news media. Writing on Telegram and Truth Social, Alexander decried the results of what he called Brazil's fake CIA-backed rigged election while insisting, I do not denounce unannounced impromptu capital tours by the people. Do whatever is necessary. And January Sixers love January Eighters. What a fag. Anyways, Alexander's reinstatement. You guys know what fag stands for? Just kidding. Okay. Alexander. Hey, I can say it. All right. <laughs> Anyways, Alexander's reinstatement to Twitter comes amid Elon Musk's move to reverse lifetime bans for a panoply of dang. Okay. All right. I think we've had enough of this article, right? Okay. <laughs> a panoply of far right figures, blah, 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 blah. Okay. How about you guys uh, broke your first amendment? Uh, you know, you guys stole the first amendment from all of these people in this public forum. Okay. Anyways. In mid-December, Akbar posted a video in blah, blah, blah. Okay, we already read about that. Okay, I think we're done with this one. That was from Rolling Stone. What an interesting article. What's next? Oh, that's for the toilet later on. Okay, all right. Uh, what is this? Another mainstream, shame stream, lamestream article. This one's from October 31st, 2022. Stop the steel leader Ali Akbar calls for a military coup in Brazil to intervene in its presidential elections after President Bolsonaro's defeat. Okay. Ugh. Okay. All right. We need pro we need more profile views of this guy, right? Anyways, I don't think we're going to read this guys because um the military coup as we talked about in Brazil uh was actually being called I mean it wasn't a coup that the people were calling for. They were calling for their military to get maybe we should read this. The people of Brazil were calling for the military to intervene with what was going on with their, what is going on with their elections. They were not calling for a coup, okay? I mean, there are provisions in the Brazilian constitution or their 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 body of legality and law, le legal work, right? That that is actually something that the military can do. The people were asking the military to initiate or execute those provisions. That is not a coup. So Ali Alexander Akbar is calling for a coup. That's different, Okay. You know, he's just adding to his rap sheet, just like he was doing with J6, okay? So it says here, and we'll just briefly read this. I'm not going to spend too much time on this one article. It says, uh, 
Akbar wrote on Truth Social, Take to the streets, brothers of Brazil. Military stand by peacefully and patriot. Shut the hell up. This guy is such an, a loser. Okay, that's so fake. Like, anyways, okay. Uh... Alexander called for an audit of Brazil's presidential election and for the military to arrest any bad guys on either side, echoing the election denial rhetoric spread by Make America Great Again conspiracy theorists in recent years. So, yeah, you know, he wants a coup. OK, so, you know, I mean, that's all good stuff. I mean, this is, again, to make people like me be like, oh, well, Ali Alexander is calling for a, uh, a count or, you know, a count. And it's, there, it's all guilt by association bullcrap. And this is one of the tactics that are utilized by the fake news media. We're all familiar with them, but no one's caught on to this. Is this appropriate for Ali Akbar? Maybe. Hi. Yeah. So uh, stop the steel leader Ali Akbar testifies to the J6 grand jury. Hmm. What do you think he told them? I mean, I done heard told he was there for like eight hours, right? I don't know. Let's find out. Let's see what this article says. Ali Alexander Akbar, the leader of the Stop the Steal group who helped to organize rallies before the United States Capitol attack, testified a, to a federal grand jury on Friday in the Justice Department's sweeping investigation into the January 6, 2021 insurrection. CNN spotted Alexander Akbar entering and exiting the federal courthouse in Washington, D.C., where a federal grand jury that has heard January 6 related matters meets. He spent about four hours at the courthouse house on Friday before behind closed doors. Uh, Alexander did not respond to questions um, at the courthouse. He has not been charged with any crime. He acknowledged his testimony in a social media post on Friday. Today, a DC grand jury brought me under a subpoena and the threat, uh, and the threat of imprisonment. Sorry, guys, I was trying to speak with an underbite. I told them I committed no crimes and observed no one committing any crimes during the 2020 election and January 6th. Uh, Alexander is first known is is the first known high profile Carl Rove callboy to testify in the confidential criminal investigative proceedings related to rally organizing. In April, he publicly confirmed he had received a subpoena and would cooperate with federal authorities. He previously handed out thou over thousands of communications and testified behind closed doors to the House Select Committee investigating the attack, a separate investigation. Akbar is one of the few individuals who has said he has ties to influential right-wing figures close to former President Donald Trump, their words not mine, members of Congress and extremist groups. Uh, CNN has unearthed videos of Akbar saying he would reach out to the Proud Boys and Oath Keepers to have proximity to them too, to provide security for his events in D.C. Leaders from both groups have been charged with seditious conspiracy and are headed to trial. That's all it said? Okay. I guess that's all it had to say. I guess that's all CNN had to say. CNN didn't, didn't go too hard on Akbar. I mean, not as hard as the other publications did anyways. Uh, let's see here. Stop the steal. Is this going to work? Are you going to work? Hold on. You better work. Okay, there we go. It works now. Okay. 
Stop the Steel organizer pushes blame onto far-right allies during January 6th testimony. Transcripts reveal. Hmm. Uh, oh, we've got another guy from Arizona on the screen. Mr. Kirk deleted a tweet boasting about sending 80 buses of patriots were they patriots to Washington, D.C. ahead of the Capitol false flag riot. My words, not theirs. Right. OK. Let's see here. The organizer of the rally that preceded the Capitol riot reportedly threw his make America. We'll call him MAGA. Right. Isn't MAGA somewhere in the Freemason world? Um, reportedly through his MAGA world peer, uh, MAGA world, right? There we go again with that Trump world, MAGA world. I'm just a fag, right? World peer, Charlie Kirk to the wolves during a meeting with the White House Select Committee. Now, interesting enough, guys, just so you both know, both of these men, Ali Akbar and Charlie Kirk are both funded by the Council for National Policy, or at least they were at one point, but Charlie Kirk still speaks there. Yeah, we talked about the Council for National Policy. You know, they are huge supporters of Mike Pence, by the way, the Council for National Policy and other erstwhile interesting individuals. I just thought you guys should know. So it's interesting that, you know, I guess he's throwing him under the bus. I mean, we're going to go through the article, but it's interesting that he's throwing him under the bus and they're both funded by like this huge, like a rhino conservative establishment group. OK, called the Council for National Policy. We've talked about them, but no one's going to look them up. No one's going to look. No one's going to dig into them. They've already changed their website some since I started talking about it. And they put all of their members behind a membership wall just so you know. Okay. Plus their membership, you're not allowed to know. Like when we were talking to you about who some of the members were, that was because you had some leftist organ leftist journos, right. That were infiltrating to find out who it was and what they were talking about. Okay. Um, but they do have a whole series of videos available for people to see uh, this uh, CFNP or CNP as someone. Why is Steve Bannon on my screen? Steve, you better stay out of this one. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Here, let me let me close his window. Steve, we're not talking about you today. All right. Okay. There we go. All right. So uh, let's continue. Okay. But anyways, both these guys were funded. Like, you know, Akbar received money and so did I mean, Kirk speaks there regularly. Okay. He speaks with the CFNP regularly. I'm just saying, guys, you know, someone who's going to boost and bolster someone like Mike Pence is probably not an organization I want anything to do with. And I will be very curious about the people who are associated with them. I'm just saying. Am I saying that everyone in there has ill intentions and they're all swamp creatures and globalists? No, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is those who have their bills paid by the dark masters are probably not going to betray them. Okay. You know, they pay their bills and look at the fruit of their labor. I'm not talking about Kirk in this instance, but. Look at the fruit of their labor. Okay. So moving right along. Okay. I don't have a whole lot to say about Kirk other than the fact that he is associated with, because uh, I don't, I don't pay attention to him at all. Like I don't watch his show. The one time I did, I was like, you, I was like, what is going on here? Like this guy is so well-spoken. Why does this show look like it's 
suffering for, I don't know, like substance. Anyways, okay. So uh, let's see here. Ali Alexander, who organized Stop the Steal, told the House Select Committee during a closed door deposition last year that right-wing media figure and Turning Point USA founder Charlie Kirk was among those at fault. Interesting enough, there's like a little love, ta love tiff going on between Kirk and Nick Fuentes that's all related, guys. And these guys are out of Arizona. You know what I mean? So like, so I mean, I'm just like, what is going on here? Like, are we just trying to control the youth of tomorrow with a direct opposition, one that's pro-America, but is middle of the road and ultimately designed to make you follow the establishment and, and, and rebuke Donald Trump, the person who has the best track record for saving this nation. And then these far right, uh, you know, fake patriots, the Fuentes, America first crew, right? Who are, who are just geared up at destruction. I, I, they are agents of chaos, the Fuentes crew. All of these people are agents of chaos. Are they central casting? Hmm, it's interesting. So I'm just asking the question, guys. That's what I'm doing. Or I'm just asking the question and I'm just analyzing amateurly these articles. You know, Mr. Akbar assured the committee he was innocent of wrongdoing. According to recently released transcripts of the deposition reported on the Daily Beast, you know it's reliable, right? Mr. Akbar accused Mr. Kirk and uh, the people who want to TP the USA. <laughs> that is so brilliant, isn't it? You know, it makes sense. They're all young people. They probably do want to throw toilet paper on the USA, right? Of paying to transport angry protesters. To want it's like never mind I'm not going to go there okay like paying uh, to transport angry angry protesters to Washington D.C. for Donald Trump's Stop the Steal rally so okay so say because I like I said I don't I mean Charlie Kirk puts on amazing events he has amazing speakers you know he's got this whole class of you know it's all about the youth I just you know you're working with the CFNP and people who love Mike Pence so I have to ask the question what's really going on here right what's really going on here. Um, but, uh, now, but, but, but to have Akbar in direct opposition, I mean, that, that just, you know, it begs more questions, I guess is what I'm trying to say here. Steve, look at this guys. Did they do that on purpose? <laughs> Did you guys see that? Oh, like, what does that look like? Like, <laughs> someone get me a screenshot. Okay. Sorry. Stop doing that to Mr. Bannon. Okay. Anyways. Okay. It sounds like you're saying to that. Uh, it sounds like you're saying that to the extent that buses were paid for, with the exception of one possible one that you may have had for the Stop the Steal, your involvement in the buses was basically to advertise Turning Point's offering of the buses. Wow! How convoluted and convenient! Uh, and that was one of the questions that the J6 thugs asked Mr. Akbar. Mr. Akbar replied, yes. Mr. Kirk deleted a tweet he wrote in 2021 boasting that TPUSA had funded 80 plus buses full of patriots to send to Washington, D.C. for Mr. Trump's rally. Mr. Akbar, apparent, uh, apparent disdain for Mr. Kirk, became more apparent on Tuesday night after he spoke with the Daily Beast. He told the outlet that he questioned how Charlie Kirk escaped any... Who, what true patriot would get on an outlet like the Daily Beast? I ask you. What real patriot would give their time of day unless they just want attention with a spit rag like 
the Daily Beast. Really? Uh, let's see here. I wouldn't doubt if like they write and they actually run the Daily Beast, half of these people, right? That's what that's their day job, right? Anyways, uh, he told the outlet that he questioned how Charlie Kirk escaped any scrutiny, CFNP, when he made uh, us bus in all those people on his funded buses. Fortunately, he's losing donors and popularity while gaining face weight. Disgusting. Okay, and that's all they care about. All they care about is appearance and prestige and power. Look at that. I mean, of everything, that is his concern. His concern is that uh, uh, he's getting, he's gaining face. He's, he has more face time than me, which, you know, I don't even know how to qualify that. Anyways, he also called Mr. Kirk a traitor, telling the outlet that TPUSA turned their backs on the election integrity movement. I mean, to me, this could just be another Nick Fuentes, Charlie Kirk angle, right? Anyways, Mr. Akbar has also taken to calling the organization Satanic Trafficking TPUSA and has accused the group of engaging in a systemic pattern of covering up sex scandals with non-profit money. I could not speak to that, guys. I have no idea what Charlie Kirk does on his off time. So that, I'm not even going to play with that, okay? Mr. Akbar took him to his Telegram channel after the transcript of his deposition was released to host a call with his supporters on Tuesday night, according to the Daily Beast. He declared victory over the House committee, claiming that Mr. Kirk was an effing traitor and that he raped the January 6th select committee in a legal, in a perfectly legal rape. Oh, are you trying? Are you jealous, Akbar? Are you jealous? I mean, that's what it, this sounds like the, the, the ravings of a jealous green eyed monster with a vicious underbite. Okay. Moving right along. Mr. Kirk also sat for a deposition at the behest of the house select committee. When asked about Mr. Akbar during the deposition, he pleaded the fifth. I wonder why he pleaded the fifth. No, I mean, it's his right, right? I mean, didn't many people plead the fifth anyways? Uh, ugh. okay. So there's enough of that. What an interesting article. I mean, I had, I did not go through half. I didn't go through any of this stuff back at the time. Here's another one. What's this say? January 6th rally organizer threatens to release evidence that Marjorie Taylor Greene committed a crime. Okay. <laughs> so he has issues with, uh, M uh, MGT. I did not know that or MTG, whatever her name is MTG, right? I'm going to try and remember that acronym. It's easier than saying Marjorie Taylor Greene. Um, Alexander predicted the Georgia Republican would be expelled from Congress. Now, this article was published January 6, 2023. It's pretty fresh, ladies and gentlemen. It is pretty fresh. Okay, hold on. Let me uh, just adjust something here right quick. Okay, there we go. Okay. Just curious. All right. So uh, let's see what this says. Because this, you know, we we had Marjorie Taylor Greene coming up tonight, etc. And all that stuff. All right. Excuse me. Poop. Okay. And pop. This is coming from Newsome. I mean, News One. Okay. <laughs> what does this say? Uh, one day before the second anniversary of the J6 insurrection. Oh, you know, I also might say and I, it wasn't in any of these articles, but, you know, at the time I had read an article where 
and I'm going to paraphrase, but Akbar was quoted to have said uh, he was asked about his involvement with the Trump administration in so many words. And his response to that was, I was told, and this is paraphrase, it's not a word for word or by any means a quote, but a paraphrase is that he was told that he would be okay in Trump world as long as he did what the, he was right, he did right by them and he was good. So, and that was another level of proximity in my opinion, because they already, they're already uh, guilt until uh, proven innocence. The J6 committee was with Akbar, even though that's a pantomime and an act and it's theater, right? I mean, he's on their side, the establishment rhinos, it's a uniparty. Okay. CFNP has a lot of establishment rhinos and they also, also boosted Akbar. Okay. So that's what I'm saying. So yeah, this is all theater. Okay. It's all theater. Okay. Yes, you people don't want me talking. You go, well, you want me to talk about national news? This is what I talk about when I talk about national news. Okay. So anyways, so with that said, uh, that was again, another level of proximity, I believe between um, Trump and the Trump world and Akbar, and he was handing it over to J6. Okay. The Trump world told me I would be okay in Trump world as long as I, you know, I was on their side, did right by them. It was something to that, something to that effect. Okay. Which I, I found quite interesting and, and quite telling of why he exists. Okay. Um, so back onto this, let's get to Akbar and MGT. And you notice that Nick Fuentes is also at odds with Marjorie Taylor green, right? One day before the second anniversary of the J6 in false flag insurrection, a video posted to social media showed the man behind the rally that precipitated the Capitol riots threatening Republican Georgia Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene with evidence of a crime he says she's committed. Okay. All right. Akbar, who organized the so-called Stop the Steal rally in 2021 along Republican members of Congress, also suggested the same evidence should result in Green's expulsion from the House of Representatives. The video was apparently recorded from a live stream of Akbar speaking on the right-wing Telegram social media network in no uncertain terms about Green, whom he called names like Harlot and Whore during the diatribe that sounded emotional at times. Okay, I gotta say, guys, I gotta say first, before we continue this article, okay, I don't know about other people, but I'm very conscious about the stones that I throw, okay? I'm, I try to be very conscious. So if I call someone a fag, it's because I can, okay? <laughs> Because then they're going to say, you're a fag. And I'm going to say, so what? You know, like, <laughs> so, and now someone's going to be like, you're just pretending to be a Christian, Mr. C. How dare you? I, I never said that. Screw you. Okay. So like, get off my channel. Right. Anyways. Okay. So I am very conscious about the stones I throw. Okay. If you understand what I'm saying, you understand what I'm saying. Let's read the rest of this article. Okay. So he's going to call Marjorie Taylor Greene a hua and a harlot. Uh, Akbar referenced what he called Greene's drunken nights. Haven't we all had those? And uh, I'm just going to stop there. And suggested congressional authority. Oh, let me guess. Let me guess. He has photographs of Marjorie Taylor Greene at Mitch McConnell's cocaine-infused sex parties with all the Jerry's in Congress, right? <laughs> And I'm 
sure Akbar was there too, okay? Anyways, because he hangs out with all the establishment rhino people. Hello, Carl Rove. Hello. Well, I don't know. There's some people that are beloved in Arizona that he's also been in their circle and associated with. And I would say to them, if they, if you're being blackmailed, now's the time to speak. Now is the time to speak, okay? Uh, Alexander referenced what he called Green's Drunken Nights. Okay. Uh, Akbar says, you have got me mistaken for some damn fool. Okay. Uh, and he said that before issuing a direct threat. In the coming days, I'm going to reveal that MTG. Oh, I finally got it right. In my summation and the summation of lawyers committed a crime. That crime is going to be handed to the state of Georgia. And the state of Georgia will decide whether they adjudicate that crime. Now, whether or not I agree with Marjorie Taylor Greene's decision to back up Kevin McCarthy, we're talking about an America first, well, at least at least in her freshman term. But, you know, we don't know what she's going to do next. Right. I mean, that's your there's your there's your uh, snakes and ladders, right? Uh, two, ra uh, two rails, two rails. Hey, two rivers. What's up? <laughs> Rail and on. <laughs> I'm going to say river and on and two rails right from now on. Anyway, sorry, guys. I, I, you know, I did not intentionally cross your names. All right. OK, so <laughs> Alexander added, I mean, Akbar added um, the House Ethics Committee and House Rules must expel Marjorie Taylor Greene because I said so. And if they don't, I'm going to show them all the videos I took <laughs> when this evidence comes to light. Ali Akbar claims he has evidence of Marjorie Taylor Greene committing a crime. I don't know if Akbar is bluffing, but it's been an open secret in Washington for two years. She's committed a crime. I even tweeted about it last year. Oh, I wonder what that was. Hmm. Uh, everyone, yeah, well, everyone. Anyways, okay. So it appeared that whatever happened between him and Greene, Akbar was taking it very personally. Ho, go home. I'm done with you. <laughs> Spoken like a true fag. Okay. He went on. You are lukewarm. Oh, he thinks he's Jesus, guys. I've seen videos where he's all, I've got extra cells and DNA activated. I'm above everyone. I'm blah, 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 blah. Like, I am Jesus, basically. He says that. Like, really, guy? Okay. <laughs> You know, if you're Jesus, why don't you fix your underbite, right? I am spitting you out of my mouth. Just never mind. I'm not going to say that. You played me and no more. Oh, she played him. Okay. Maybe she has <laughs> a blackmail on him. Oh my God. Okay. This is too rich, y'all. Okay. When you, you, when you kind of parse through some of this backstory, this stuff is just rich. Okay. So like, I don't know about you guys, but I'm getting a kick out of it. Akbar then upped the ante on his threat. Akbar said, everyone will know about your drunken nights because the consultants who have drunk with you will have to choose whether they fear me or they fear you. Who operates like that? Who, would you want someone in your circle that operates like that? Would you want someone anywhere in your proximity that talks and acts like that? Because they fear you or they fear me? Excuse me? Like, really? Like, what a freaking tacky ass faggot. Okay. And they fear me, Marge. Marge? Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. They must have gotten really close, okay? Him and Marge. 
<laughs> Do you guys mind if I call her Marge from now on? I swear, it's the only Akbarism I will ever adopt. I promise you, okay? Hey, Marge, Taylor Green. It doesn't have the same ring to it, does it? Anyways, uh, they fear me a lot more than they fear you. And so do all the staffers at the Texas Capitol. All those little 20, 12-year-old boys there. I'm sure they've all... Yeah, never mind. Never mind. I'm not going to go there. Akbar is in Texas. That's all I can say. All right. And they fear me, Marge. They fear me a lot more than they fear you. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. This is just too funny, y'all. Okay. Hold on. Is it over? Okay. No, it's not over yet. For what it's worth, Cassidy, lying Cassidy Hutchinson. Okay. Where's this going? Why is lying Cassidy Hutchinson's name in this article? Okay. Hold on. For what it's worth, Lying Cassidy Hutchinson, a former assistant to Trump, testified before the January 6th committee. Yeah, we know that Green asked Trump for a pardon. Green denied the claim. But ah, what was that? That scared me. But Alexander Akbar's new claim may revive Hutchinson's allegation. Of course it does. That's what this, that's what he's there for. Oh my goodness. Okay. A Newsom, I mean, a News One, pre, as News One previously reported, Akbar has admitted that he worked with Republican reps Mo Brooks, Paul Gosar, and Andy Biggs to plan the Stop the Steal. Ah, why does that face keep popping up like that? I swear I'm not doing it, guys. Okay. I swear I'm not doing it. Okay, hold on. Okay, so let's keep going. We're not done yet. Okay. I am just shredding all the work that uh, his publicist did for him. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's not foolproof. You got one fool reading your article. Okay, here we go. Okay, so... <laughs> Okay, let's get, let's let's finish this up, guys. We're already over time. Like we're way over time. Ah, why does Akbar's face keep popping up like that? It's scaring me. It's like he's like saying, "I'm watching you." Okay, <laughs> he's like the dummy from that movie Magic. Have you ever guys seen that movie Magic? The one named Fats. The Fats. He's all, "What are you doing?" And he's talking to a very young Anthony Hopkins. Okay, anyways, who was like, I don't know. He was suffering from like I don't know what they call it now, but it was like severe mental disorder of some type. Anyways, okay. Uh, let's finish this. Okay. Mo Brooks, Paul Gosar, and Andy, Andy Biggs to plan the stop. Yeah. You see, he keeps popping up like that. It's like, it's like, it's, it's kind of scary guys. Anyways. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, um, the stop the steal event meant to rally people behind Donald Trump's widely debunked their words, not ours. Big lie that the 2020 election was a Democrat led conspiracy of voter fraud in an effort to give the presidency to Joe Biden. Right wing watch a people for the American way project produced a video detailing Ali's involvement right in the events leading up to the insurrection itself, including the birthing of the stop to steal effort. Oh, do they talk about how he stole all the permits and the name? Hmm, I wonder. Uh, the video explains how the Stop the Steal campaign began with Trump falsely claiming vote by mail ballots kept him from being winning elected. Okay, I'm not going to even waste. We're not going to waste our time there. <laughs> we need a profile picture. And with all that money that you've gotten, why haven't you fixed your teeth? Okay, I would anyways. Okay, so <laughs> sorry, guys. You guys are probably tired of my toothless grin by now. Okay, let's see what is going on here. Ho go home. That is just too funny, y'all. <laughs> oh, wait. 
Akbar, Akbar. Okay, we already read this anyways. Hold on. I mean, basically, that, that was probably the long and short. Are we done yet? What's next? Stop the Steel organizer claims three reps helped him plan DC rally. I, uh, to me, this is kind of proximity, right? How important were these people to the, to, uh, to the Save America, Make America Great Again, America First movement, right? How important were these people to that? Well, maybe not Mo Brooks, okay? But Gosar and Biggs were definitely important. Definitely important, ladies and gentlemen. And Brooks, well, he betrayed President Trump. Okay, he betrayed him. Uh, let's see here. The pro-Trump organizer of the Stop the Steal movement calls himself one of the originators of the D.C. rally that preceded the Capitol rights, but he claims he got help from three congressmen. Proximity. I think this is just a proximity article. Okay. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it went from no deaths to five deaths. Anyways, okay. So yeah, we're not gonna because we're already uh, we're already way past overtime. So we're gonna go ahead and cut that one there. That's a proximity article. What is this? Oh, raw story. Oh, permission to speak freely. Eh, it's okay. I'll save it. All right. The Stop the Steal organizer Akbar complains, lives like mine have been ruined for taking part in Jan 6. Oh, gross. Okay. Uh, Stop the Steal organizer Akbar posted a video on the second anniversary of the J6 insurrection, portraying himself as a victim. You, never mind. Okay. The right wing agitator and convicted felon who has ties to Rep. Paul Gosar and prominent conservative activists insisted that Donald Trump supporters like himself were not responsible for the violence that erupted at the U.S. Capitol as lawmakers certified President Joe Biden's election win, reported right wing watch. Right. I, I wouldn't doubt if he works with right wing watch. Right. People like that. I mean, that's what this is all about. Right. It's controlled opposition. It's like providing a foil to, you know, people who are, you know, are loyal to President Donald Trump. You know, we were betrayed. We were set up and the crowd was agitated. Alexander claimed, although numerous investigations have failed to turn up evidence that outside provocateurs were involved in the riot. Alexander Akbar, uh, who was wearing a bulletproof vest in the video, complained that a cascade of lawsuits over his alleged role in fomenting the deadly riot and his questioning by investigators had wrecked his finances, and he claimed that he was unfairly targeted by helping to plan the rally that preceded the violent assault on the Capitol. I don't know about all that, guys, okay? Lives like mine have been ruined. They took away my life savings. I had to spend it on all of my legal fees. Ah, uh, lawfare, lawfare. I was sued by partisan attorneys representing pro bono police officers I've never met that are suing me under some arcane law to get Trump. I testified for over three hours before a grand jury that was investigating my political associations and my political speech, something they're not legally allowed to do. I testified and I did not plead the Fifth Amendment, not once before the January 6th Select Committee for over eight hours, marking one of the longest testimonies recorded by that committee. And I told the truth because I've done nothing wrong. Um, okay, so he goes on and he, 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 he's always at, he always asks for money. In any video I've ever seen him, he always says, fund me, fund me, fund me. 
He always does. And, you know, I'm like, he probably doesn't even have an audience. It's probably like all of the rhinos and it's all of his like, uh, you know, geriatric boyfriends are probably and they're the ones who are probably sending him the money, you know, through some like proxy, I don't know, Internet wallet yeah, laundering or something. I don't know. That's just the way it seems to me. OK, um, please pray for the mortgages and the marriages and the children that have been affected by what happened that day with the protesters and the police. And you know what I say? Damn the politicians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. OK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a fan of raw story. Not a fan of raw story at all whatsoever. But there's that article. OK. And uh, is this the last one? Oh, the Daily Beast. The Daily Beast. Right. Oh. Oh, oh, we finally got another profile view. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Okay. Uh, Trump confidants tried to bar Alexander from January 6th. Trump would not budge. Is this a fact? New depositions from the January 6th committee reveal that Trump advisors wanted to distance the former president, their words, not mine, from Alexander Akbar. And Trump insisted he would be able to speak. I don't know that that's true, okay? When advisors for former president, their words not mine, Donald Trump, were helping to set up the January 6th rally outside the White House, Trump's inner circle tried to prevent Stop the Steal organizer Ali Akbar from speaking. Trump confidence, who, like uh, Cassidy Hutchinson, the liar, Trump confidence were so concerned about associating the president with Alexander Akbar that despite Akbar being a central organizer for the January 6th rally, they repeatedly took steps to distance Trump from Akbar. Akbar, whose real name is Ali Akbar, had a criminal record from 2007. We know about his criminal record uh, when he ple pled guilty to felony property theft and was sentenced to 12 months probation. But more than that, Akbar has become a far-right agitator. Ahead of January 6th, he pushed the baseless conspiracy theory that now Vice President Kamala Harris was not black. Wait, wait a minute. Jamaican and Indian. That's 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 what her parents' ethnicities are, right? Anyways, I just wanted to clarify. And when the Hotel Harrington closed its doors in the lead-up to January 6th, Akbar said that uh, me and Owen want a private sign outside our door. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Alexander said that if something bad happens, can you imagine all the patriots that love that beard? They're like, Owen and Akbar shared the same room. Yeah, and most of you guys probably paid for it too. Anyways, okay. Alexander said that if something bad happens to the downtown tourist hotel in response to their decision, don't ask me to denounce it. Did you see that? If something bad happens to the downtown tourist hotel in response to their decision, don't ask me to denounce it. That is like, who talks like that? You know what I mean? I don't want someone like that on the side of the Patriots. I don't want someone who talks like that, who makes veiled threats. I don't want that is, you know, th that's what I said. We don't need to employ the tactics of the dark side in order to prevail. In fact, we should use other tactics. You know, we should not be the vermin and the filth in order to get the job done. And someone who's using veiled threats like this. It needs to be far removed, in my opinion, from anything associated with Save America, Make America Great Again, America First, President Trump, and the likes.
And still, despite all the warnings, Trump overruled his advisors and made sure Alexander Akbar had a speaking spot. No, he stole the permits. Hello. And it says right here, if not on January 6th during Trump's rally at the Ellipse, which hello, that was never going to happen. There was no way Akbar was going to be at the Ellipse speaking, right? I mean, he could have been the opening act since I guess, you know, I guess since President Trump was an hour late about. But you guys get what I'm saying, right? Then at least at at Freedom Plaza on Jan. This is all just a bunch of gossip and bullshit, right? You guys get this Daily Beast article is just a bunch of gossip and bullshit. I'm just going to call it what it is, ladies and gentlemen. Freedom Plaza, January 5th. I'm glad I missed that event. That is one of the takeaways from a number of the depositions released by the January 6th committee in recent days, and it's yet more evidence of just how far outside the mainstream Alexander Akbar had become even before the January 6th rally turned violent and the lengths to which Trump went to give the far right a platform. According to a trove of depositions released by the January 6th committee this week, Many of Trump world's most loyal and plugged in advisors were hell bent on ensuring Alexander Akbar did not have a seat at the table. The deposition in, depositions include, for example, the fact that Republican operative Arthur Schwartz, don't know who that is, advising on behalf of Donald Trump Jr. at the time of the text messages, asked senior Trump advisor Katrina Pearson, I have no idea who that is, why are we letting our people share a stage with Akbar and people like that? Pearson was no less disturbed. I'm so effing pissed. Such bullshit, she said. This is effing retarded, Schwartz fired back. Others entwined in a chaotic Trump world. You see, who uses words like Trump world? The Daily Beast. Okay, this is the Daily Beast writing their own article. And they're against Akbar, but they're using his parlance. They're using his phrases. They're using, I bet you he works with them. I bet you his publicist works with the Daily Beast, right? <laughs> Anyways, okay. Entwined in a chaotic Trump world at the time, believed including Akbar and far-right provocateur Alex Jones was not wise. Among those who quietly attempted to make a case for Akbar not to be included was former senior Trump campaign advisor Taylor Budowich. Don't know who that is. He made a rather candid admission in his deposition with the committee. How Akbar and Alex Jones speak about political engagement run contrary to my belief of how we should act and be involved in political discourse, he said under oath. Budowich called the two irresponsible people citing an experience when he was a student in Egypt around 2010. Specifically, Butowich told a story to the committee about how a cab driver of his suggested burning Egypt to the ground and letting it rise like a phoenix from the ashes. Okay, I don't know what I just read. Okay. <laughs> Okay, I kind of rolled my eyes and said, okay, buddy, but which told the committee, yet while advisors expressed concern about including Alexander Akbar in the January 6th rally, the former president saw it differently. According to depositions and the committee's final report, as Pearson said to Women for America First and January 6th, organizer uh, Kylie Kramer, Trump wanted the crazies. Wait a minute. Oh, Women for America First is different from Women for Trump. Okay, this is probably uh, 
This is probably Nick Fuentes' drag show, right? Anyways, okay, so... <laughs> the former president noted that after the election, Stop the Steel leaders defended Trump viciously in the public square, of course, to create proximity. It was the deputy chief of staff of communications and Trump social media guru, Dan Scavino, who wrote in a subsequent text message that Trump had brought up Alexander Akbar by name and instructed that he be on stage, not associated with POTUS or main event, according to the committee. Okay, what? He brought up Alexander by name and instructed that he be on stage, uh, not associated with uh, POTUS or the main event. I don't know. I'm trying to parse through this. I need, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. All the while, Pearson still objected to Alexander. She went to Scavino to make the case as to why controversial speakers should not be included. But that plan to but that plan to nix Alexander Jones and Roger Stone was initially vetoed by Scavino. So Scavino wanted them there. I don't know. I don't know why Scavino would want these people there. I don't. Anyways, Pearson was not deterred. She gave it one last shot by going to White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, writing in a text message, according to the committee, things have gotten crazy and I desperately need some direction. Moving the cast of controversial characters did not work and she had to make the case to Trump himself at a January 4th meeting to keep the fringe on the fringe and prohibit convicted felons a not-so-veiled dig at Akbar from damaging the reputation of other pro-Trump speakers. It's all about proximity. In the end, Trump demanded that Akbar be issued a speaking slot, according to the committee. That makes no sense, guys. I mean, he was never going to be at the Ellipse, and the January 5th event was set up by Akbar when they stole the permits to the Stop the Steal by the Women for Trump. Okay. Someone's lying in this article. Someone is lying in this article. In the end, Trump demanded that, okay, all the while to this very day, those around the former president, their words, not mine, remain convinced that Trump does not know who Akbar is, despite asking to learn more about the far right activist. Trump definitely does not know who Akbar is. One source close to Trump insisted to the Daily Beast. Keep in mind that Karl Rove does not like Donald Trump. And uh, Akbar and Don and Karl Rove are like longtime buddies, butt buddies, right? Okay. And while Akbar might not have or had a direct line to the former president, there was not mine. At one point, he had Trump's eye, most likely after conducting a similar protest in Georgia. Other top figures in Trump world. There we go. We there we go again with Trump world. Now apparently this is a Daily Beast thing, but you know Akbar says Trump world like every other word, right? Every time he's talking about Trump, he's all Trump world, Trump world, Trump world. Other top figures in Trump world also seem to be shaky on Alexander Akbar. When Kimberly Guilfoyle, a hello, well she was. It, she was engaged to Don at the time. Okay. Uh, was asked about Akbar by committee investigators. She replied, isn't that what terrorists yell? Thank you. Okay. <laughs> A source close. <coughs> that's what I'm saying. That's what I am saying, ladies and gentlemen. That was what I, that's what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> Who talks like that? Not patriots. Okay. Not patriots. 
what may be egoists who have nothing to lose. A source close to Guilfoyle insisted to the Daily Beast that she does not know Alexander. Kimberly has no idea who this person is or what he does, the source said. What Kimberly Guilfoyle does know, though, ladies and gentlemen, is that Trump was right. Okay, anyways. That was a shout out to Kimberly Guilfoyle. When reached for comment by the Daily Beast, Akbar was more than happy to respond. No, just kidding. He would not comment about his relationship with Trump or if he has a direct line. Oh, God. Okay. Um, let's see here. This is what this is what Akbar said to the Daily Beast. Trump, the donors, and the organizers wants me. And it was the movement I created. Losers who grifted did not want me. He further accused Pearson of reverting back to her ghetto grifter ways and claimed she betrayed Trump. Trump supported me, he argued. Pearson declined to comment. As Scavino pointed out, Trump did support Akbar speaking, at least to an extent, as at least enough to uh, shift some blame, right? As Trump instructed... Akbar spoke at a rally at Freedom Plaza on the eve of January 6th, where he declared victory or death. But he's the one who stole the permits to be there. I don't think. And they're the ones who are running that event. They are the ones who are running that event. I doubt President Trump had any say and or influence about what was happening on that stage. Someone is lying here in this article, guys. Big lies. Big, big, big lies. Big lies. Okay. The next day, as the Capitol was under siege, and the way I understood that event is it was being put on by, you know, the Stop the Steal, okay? Not by President Trump, okay? That was not a President Trump event the night before, guys. Not He was not affiliated and or associated. That's the way I understood it going into January 6th. So what's all this about, right? What is this all about, you know? Why is, why is, you know, and I didn't even read this article prior to opening it. So I'm wondering what the heck is Scavino's name doing in this article so closely associated to Akbar? I'm just curious. I have to ask the question. Okay. So many people close to me in my life put a lot of faith in that man, Scavino. Okay. A lot of faith. And I am not trying to pull a veil of doubt or cast a veil of whatever, but I have to ask the question, guys. All right. As, as I sit here and go through cognitive dissonance for you, all right? The next day, as the Capitol was under siege, Pearson sent a text message to fellow senior Trump advisor Max Miller about why she'd fought so hard to keep certain people off that damn stage. Good news is that I was able to keep the crazies off the stage, she texted, according to the committee. Thank God, Miller replied. While Alexander Akbar's precise relationship with Trump or lack thereof, remains blurry. One source close to Trump insisted Alexander's future in Trump world is not promising. The far-right activist is irresponsible, the source said, and makes it about himself a lot of the time. Okay. Very interesting article. I think that was the last one. Mike and Beans. <laughs> Anyways, guys, I mean... Uh... Long story short, too late, okay? Council for National Policy funded the fool, okay? So uh, I have my questions, and uh, they seem to really enjoy the company of Mike Pence. And that just makes me ask some questions, ladies and gentlemen. 
All right, guys. We went into overtime. I'm sorry if you had another place to be. Uh, but if you hung out with me, I guess you were where you wanted to be. Thank you for being here. Okay. And just as a reminder for those who might be in the podcast audience, uh, as soon as I can start, as soon as I have the memory to start downloading and uploading episodes, they will be on the podcast. So till then, make sure you stay linked in. There should be links all in the boxes that you guys, whatever platform or whatever uh, app you might be watching this show on. Um, that's another one for the books. Episode 450 of the Sea Report in our third season. Thank you all for being here. It's been absolutely a pleasure. And now, ladies and gentlemen, as I usually say, we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> be safe, America. Be blessed. And God bless the United States of America. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. <laughs>